because I never I, I never update that quickly. I refuse uh-huh. to unless it's a forced update. Well, listen, they they got rid of iTunes. Good. iTunes is gone, so now it is. Um, Apple Store. The app, no, the App Store is still there, but they changed it to TV, music, yeah. and we have podcasts. A TV plus thing coming out, so. Exactly, and so what happened was that um, the new update it was actually deleting people's emails, like completely what? gone. Their email accounts. Oh my god! Their no, their actual emails. Oh god! Like I people got so lost lucky. people lost emails because of it. In their inbox. In their I inbox. So I mean, lucky. and not only that, the update when you went to go update, it would get stuck in the update screen and would never come off. And you had to like do like different machinations to try and get this thing working. I ended so. up needing to get a new OS for the um, the the MacBook. And yes, we are recording, by the way. What? See that? One. Everybody's like, what? I was reading up on my. Walt is notorious. I was reading up on my information on like this my geek out. It's really cool. See now, now You're you like lean in, now you lean into the. The microphone. Yeah, because I didn't even know that we were like recording. Listen, with me, we're recording like this. I go, I go. That's Shoot. It. This is what happens when you don't charge your fo- phone. Sixteen percent. Um, pop culture of pizza. Available where pop cu- pop culture pizza podcasts are sold. Where pizza and pop culture is sold. Something like that, right? Mm-hmm. People introduce yourselves. This is Metatron, bearing greetings. That <laughs> came out weird. Don't be sheepish. Jump in it. This yeah. is Jose, by the way, people. What's up, guys? Ambassador Bugatti, a.k.a. ASAP Balrog, returning we- from Black Spire Outpost on Batu. And a sweet hoodie you have now from that, from that expedition. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Elias just played COD uh, Modern Warfare, and I have my God Drip with me, and you will see what I mean. That sounds dirty. It really does. What do you mean, dirty? Well, you're not old enough to know how dirty it sounds. Dirty in a COD sense, right? Mm -hmm. For you, at least. COD? Like a fish. Wait, did you say God or COD? I said COD. I thought you said God. I was like, what the hell? You said God drip, right? Yeah, I said God drip. And then I said God modern warfare. So God drip and the COD. Why do we just have to get into this? Like, I really... You're no. the one that brought it up. Sorry. Moving right along. This hello, is Walt. Hello. What's up, Internet? This is Walt. What's up, people? How's everybody doing out there? Hey. In interwebs land. What's up? What's should, should we move right into the geek outs? I Let's think we should go. move right into the geek outs. I'll start. I'll start because I have something in front of me that I just found out about today. So I've been... I'm one of those people that has never seen the entirety of The Sopranos. Mm. Uh, I had seen about three and a half or four seasons a few years ago, and then, as with many other shows, like other shows, like interject and like I lose lost a little bit of interest. Not that it wasn't a good show, but I started watching it again recently, and I'm somewhere in season two. I kind of remember still what's going to happen, like a little bit up ahead, but I, I'm enjoying it more than I did the last time. I think I'm a little more attracted to the character drama than I was like maybe ten years ago when I first started to watch it. Um. But anyway, so I found out today, because I was just curious to see what the creator and one of the the head writers of The Sopranos had been up to recently, David Chase, and it turns out that he is making a prequel to The Sopranos called The Many Saints of Newark, 
And the thing that's really interesting to me is, so everybody knows James Gandolfini. Everybody knows the actor James Gandolfini. Most of us do. Uh, he passed away in 2013. Awesome actor. He was amazing. He was an amazing actor. And more, the more I'm watching The Sopranos over again, the more I see it. You know, because he's he really pulls off Tony Soprano being likable while still being like a, a murderer. You know, like a murderous mobster. He pulls off the likable factor. But like besides The Sopranos, he's been great in some other things too. Like we were talking about Zero Dark Thirty earlier. He was the Secretary yeah. of Defense in that movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. And but anyways, like just to to let you know, it's a prequel is being made and. Tony Soprano is being played by James Gandolfini's real-life son, Michael Gandolfini, who's just recently got into acting. Here, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen him, ASAP. He looks a little bit like him, but he looks a little bit nerdier and like goofier in this picture because it's supposed to be him in the 60s or the 70s when that, he's a kid. That's cool, but Which, is this really necessary, though, to reboot a great show? No, it's not. It's not a, it's not a reboot. It's a, it's a prequel. So it's, oh, as I yeah, was. As it's, not a re, it's not a reboot. If it was a reboot, I would say that's incredibly stupid because there's no reason to reboot a show, especially with... Like, like that would feel disrespectful to James Gandolfini as an actor to reboot it after he passed away when he was iconic in that role. That's the role that made him. But and his son is in it, and especially doing it with his son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they That's, rebooted it with his son, that well, would be horrible. Yeah. I still think. But I think making it a prequel is good because you know his son rebooting the whole, like who are you going to cast everywhere else? Like who are you going to get to replace Paulie? Like. Paulie Walnuts hey. and Christopher Moltisanti, like all these characters, all these great character actors that play great mobsters, like Carmela, his wife. You can't replace her with something. You could, but like, why reboot a TV show like that? But anyway, I don't want to get too overlong on this because this is just a geek out. But like, they're re- they're they're I'm not, I'm not remaking. Sorry, they're they're making a prequel that comes out next year. Uh, John Bernthal of Punisher fame is in it as well, which is interesting to me. Um, and Joey Diaz, the comedian slash actor, who's actually pretty funny and pretty interesting he's in it as well but they're making this prequel comes out next year i am definitely going to check it out and just as a side note on um on michael gandolfini i have seen him in another show that i've been watching recently the deuce which is a pretty awesome show also on hbo by the creators of the wire um and that's a fun show and he plays a good role on that one as well he plays another character's son but like he's very much a little mobster in that show he's always like setting up deals and stuff like that um anyways moving on the other thing that I've been geeking out on recently, um, speaking of something that didn't necessarily need to be made, um, El Camino, the the Breaking Bad, um, the Breaking Bad sequel, I guess, sequel Ooh. show, a sequel movie um, that tells the story of Aaron Paul, Jesse Jesse Pinkman, and what happens to his character after the events of Breaking Bad. What's Breaking Bad? It's a TV show for you, youngin. It's a TV show. It's one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And I've had this argument with everybody at this table over and over again. You need to watch it. I if, doubt that. Oh, you trust me, you do. You got to be a little bit older before you can watch. Well, probably not, because there's no like like crazy sexual situations or anything like that. The first episode has him walking around in his white whitey tighties. Yeah, but like. Wait, in his underwear. That's correct. Straight up. Oh, okay. Well, you, do you know who... Well, you know what? I don't want to get too far into this. Because yeah. if, if I get started talking about why you guys should watch Breaking Bad, then the podcast is going to be over. Um, but yeah, I was geeking out about, about that. It was a great movie. There were some parts near the end that seemed a little weird and forced to me. And also... It was it was exactly what I thought it was because everybody was like, "Why are they making? Why are they making this movie? Why do we need to know?" This is stuff that happened after Breaking Bad, right? After Breaking Bad, okay. So yes. Walter White is still. Well, he's he's what he is. Yes, <laughs> he, I'm not going to spoil it, but I just wanted to know. It's he, yeah, yeah, okay. like like gotcha. Although although 
You know what? I'm not going to spoil it. But yes. like, um, what it is, this movie, and I confirmed it by looking at an interview by the creator of the show, Vince Gilligan. Um, it's a love letter to the actor, basically, because Aaron Paul, who played Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad, is a f- I think he's a phenomenal actor, and, but he hasn't really been in anything good ever since Breaking Bad ended. The only thing that he was in that was kind of big was Need for Speed a few years ago, and that movie flopped big time. I, I'm a fan of Need for Speed, and I didn't see the movie. Yeah, exactly. The Need for Speed games are awesome, but like, who needs to see a Need for Speed movie, and why did they put poor Aaron Paul in that movie? But anyways, I've been geeking out about that a little bit because that was entertaining. And I've also been geeking out on something that, I, that pretty much everyone else has seen as well. Uh, the first episode of Watchmen on HBO. Yes. Which was, ent- which was definitely entertaining. It was definitely out there and a little weird. But that's kind of what I expected. And um, for anybody who wants to watch this show, understand that if you've seen the movie, you won't know what the hell's going on. You have to read the graphic novel to get a better understanding of what's going on in the Watchmen TV show. Mm-hmm. I saw the movie. So so you don't know what the heck's going on in the TV show. This thing happens after the movie. Yeah, it's 30 years after the yeah. events of, well, after the events of the original Watchmen movie or otherwise, and but it's more connected to the graphic novel. That original, that, that beginning sequence in Tulsa, yeah. based on a real life uh, yeah. thing. So. It, was a, it was the 1921 attack on Black Wall Street, as it was, as it was called yes. at the time. Um, horrible event, but I do like how they, like, ingrained that in the storyline and how they ingrained that with Louis, Louis Gossett Jr.'s character who I also miss because I loved Louis Gossett Jr. back in the days from movies like Enemy Mine and stuff like that. Was that not a crazy twist at the end? Yeah. yeah. But I, you know, I kind of saw it coming, I will say, because... In, sort of saw it coming because when he asked that question earlier, do you think I could lift 200 pounds? I was like, what on earth is going on here? Like, mm-hmm. What is this guy going to do? And I, I had a feeling he was the who I thought he was. Mm-hmm. But anyways... Um, those are my geek outs for the week. I was going to pass it on to you, Elias, since you, since you, you know, interjected. Tell us what you geeked out about. Come on. There's no, there's no, 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 I go last because yeah, save the best for last. Whatever. Okay. Who wants to, who wants to tell us what they've been geeking out then on otherwise? Well, I guess I'll go next. That's an affirmative from everybody. Yeah. That's an affirmative from everyone. Um, my geek out is not something that I can say I can geek out about because it's uh, it's something of a very serious subject matter. Um, I got to see Netflix's original series, Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Now, do you guys know what this thing is about? Nope. True story. No. no idea, to be honest, but I have seen the a little bit of the previews for it. Okay, so true story. And like I said, it's, it's a little heavy in, in its subject matter and stuff. Um, this is based off a Pulitzer Prize-winning article. The article is called An Unbelievable Story of Rape. And so this happened a couple of years ago. And, you know, long story short, that first episode was about as tough an episode to watch. And not in, not in the fact that it was poorly done because the, the series is amazing. It's just, like I said, the subject matter is, is very difficult. But it's, it's not even that. It's the aftermath that this story really deals with. Um, and it concerns. So I'm going to. Listen, it, it happened for real. So you guys can look it up. I'm, 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 there's nothing to really spoil. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this young woman who, who had a very tough childhood coming up. And so she's been in foster homes. She's been abused and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so now she's in a halfway house. 
that transitions the kids out of foster homes into real the real world. Okay. So she's like about 18 or so. And the premise is, is that somebody comes in while she's asleep, ties her up, rapes her, and then leaves. Now, the thing about it is that this guy is so meticulous that he leaves no evidence behind. No okay. DNA, nothing. And so that was tough but the way they 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 showed the the thing was very respectful they didn't show anything you know gratuitous or mm-hmm. or really but it's just the notion of it what probably was makes really, it even worse in a way more well, visceral yes exactly sense the worst thing about it was the aftermath and what this kid had to go through because again she was and i do this in air quotes of questionable character mm-hmm. she's been through a, a lot of stuff um, not a lot of people like her. Not a lot of people believed her. Mm-hmm. Hence and the so, title, I guess. Yeah. Right. So she went in to the police, told her story. And, and the interesting thing is for that first 30 minutes, she had to tell the story, her story uh, t- about 10 different times. And by the time that she got to the two investigative de- detectives, she was so tired you know, some of the details weren't there. Yeah. And it ended up that they didn't believe her to the point that by the end of the episode, she's standing on a bridge. Uh, okay. Fade to black. What's going to happen next? Exactly. This deals with a serial killer. I mean, serial killer. Serial rapist. Serial rapist, yeah. That knew the system and went county to county doing this to unsuspecting victims. And he played the system because they, at the time, police departments didn't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was the most interesting part of this was seeing the detective work that was done by these two women who eventually end up cracking the case. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was interesting to see um, all the police work, all the detective work, all the the attaching from A to B to finally get to the place where they can actually go and get this guy. And they did get this guy. So, um Excellent, excellent series. Uh, it stars Tony Collette. She is one of the. She's always great. Yeah, she's one of the detectives that helps crack the case, along with Merritt Weaver and Kathleen Deaver. Is the the young girl that the story really focuses on? Um, again, it's a very tough watch, but it's a very interesting watch, and you know, it's it's a it's a show that's. You know, it it shows you how rape is is dealt with differently than other crimes. How and they even mention in the show when a guy goes in and robs a bank, they don't question his believability. When somebody gets robbed, their their wallet gets robbed. Nobody questions their believability. Mm-hmm. When somebody gets raped, there's always a question, mm-hmm. and that's something that the show really, really, really wanted to address. That's something that needs to change. Um, and, but that's what I watched this week. There's Yeah, there's certainly, like, obviously we have to consider that innocent until proven guilty is still an American value, but there's something about the burden of proof being duly, like, thrust entirely upon the victim mm-hmm. in a way that you don't see with any other crimes that I can think of, you know, to be fair, but I don't see that happen with any other crimes. It sounds like you... You really want to have a terrible day? You watch this show. You watch When They See Us, and you watch like Chernobyl all in a row, and then oh just like, oh man, yeah, it's that tough. Like actually, sucks. you know, 
That sounds like it's... That sleep right there will just destroy you. All right. Podcast is over, guys. We got to go. Like, this is just too depressing. We're going to have to move on. Sorry, guys. Sorry to make light of it. But yeah, it sounds like a really interesting show. You piqued my interest a little bit more by telling me a little bit about it. So I'll have to check it out. It's only only, um, eight episodes, so it's a a quick watch. Yeah. Sounds good. So that's uh, Netflix's Unbelievable. (sighs) Does anybody have something a little bit more cheery for their geek out of the week? Yes, please. Uh, I don't know about cheery, but I'll just <laughs> go. So uh, I have been catching up on things, despite it being midterms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new season for Disenchantment came out a while ago. I started watching that a little bit. I've been that catching is available up on, where? Uh, that's Netflix. Okay. And that is, give the audience a little bit of taste of what that is. Uh, it's basically like... The Simpsons in a medieval setting. And it's a little more... Oh, I would that's, say why the, that's why the creator of The Simpsons, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Mac, Mac Groening, Groening, whatever his name is. Yep. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, the other thing was South Park, uh, catching up on the new season. Mexican Love Joker. It so far. I haven't gotten up to that you yet. You haven't gotten up to Mexican Joker I've yet? only gotten okay. up to PC <laughs> Babies. <coughs> What? That's last season, I PC think. PC Babies. That's last PC season. Ba- Wait, PC Babies? Yes, yeah, PC, PC Babies. babies. Like so politically correct babies? Yes. Yeah. Can, can I just oh give the background of this one? Because it's fantastic. <laughs> I just uh, wanted to clarify that. <laughs> See, sure. well, who, yeah. Does anybody remember what the old principal's name was? It doesn't PC. matter because... No, principal... No, no. The, the principal before... Oh, the lady? PC principal. PC. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, there's there's a there's a character on South Park now called PC Principal, and yes. he is exactly what he's advertised. He's always like super politically correct, and he ends up hooking up with another, uh, with a vice. I think she's the vice principal. Strong, strong woman. woman, vice principal, strong woman. That's her name, and they have kids. You have to love South Park. They're all they're all they're they're called the PC babies. So whenever anything that's not politically correct happens, they start crying like uncontrollably, and they're little kids. So you're just going. Wah! Like whatever, like like, like they, cultural appropriation, like whatever people think of as like unpolitically correct. The yeah. part I find <laughs> so most good. funny about that is that awesome. P- PC principal is known for having these these shades. Yeah, he always. They wears were those. also seemingly born with these shades. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. They yeah. were born with shades. They on? were born with yeah. sunglasses on their faces, dude. It's awesome. I gotta show you PC principal now, real quick. The PC permeated. This is. Throw it up on the screen. PC babies, people. (laughs) Leave it to South Park to do that. Oh, it's so good. Let me see if I can put it up. Oh, man, this still reminds me. I still got to watch Good Boys. I haven't watched that movie. So late. Good boy. Oh yeah, that that, dude, that's already a, that's already on, on like DVD. <laughs> I, know, I know. You're real late. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, let me see if I can put up an image of uh, PC principal while you guys continue. Go yeah, ahead. So while you look for that, the other thing I've been doing, obviously, PC is babies. the final season of Supernatural. I've I'm three episodes in. Wow. <laughs> um, I didn't think that. The death hits would come so fast. How many deaths? Uh, well, depending on how far you got and who you know is a peripheral character, peripheral characters are starting to drop like flies. Okay. So, let's see. There was one, two, three from the end of season 14. Uh, These are people that have died? Yep. Like main characters or side characters? Peripheral characters. Peripheral characters. Not okay. main characters, but like pseudo main characters. Yeah, right? there's okay. three so far. 
even though technically the third one that I was thinking of PC principal. Yeah, PC principal. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he looks like a strung out Brian what? Bosworth. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Principal Strongwoman. PC babies. Oh my god. PC babies coming at you. Is the sound on? Otherwise, like, yeah, oh, you yeah, should I don't do the one on. where they're at the rally. Oh my god, the it's Christmas so good. Rally. <laughs> I would love to put on a clip right now, but like PC babies. Yeah, there you go. They were born with those sunglasses. What? <laughs> and it's awesome because they're trying to hide the fact because like it's, it's five a, of them. Yeah, because yeah. well, the relationship is inappropriate because he's her boss, so they're trying to hide the fact that they had a relationship, so like nobody knows that those are his they kids. They seem really well off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, between like crying about anything that's not politically correct, what are they're those very well off. Ray Bans, <laughs> I guess I don't know. Born with Ray Bans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, South Park is wonderful. I'm sorry. Okay. Continue oh, from Good South man. Park back to Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Like I said, the the character I was thinking of from the end of fourteen, I'd say he he's pretty much become a main character. So yeah, that happened. Okay. Um, they kind of did it again, where they introduce a really bomb ass uh bomb storyline, and they solved it in three episodes. God damn it! Like mm. when Dean when Dean had the mark of Cain and he was a demon. Yeah, Remember precisely, that? precisely. Oh my god, I hated that episode. But something awesome did happen. And I'm just going to say, I'm not going to spoil it, I'm very happy for Castiel. I'm very happy for him. They're finally doing his character some semblance of justice. Could you please lose the angel? Lose him? Yes, I don't want Castiel. Okay, that's that's a you thing, but... Aside from that, I do not like angels. Okay. Okay. Aside from that, I've that god drip. No. Yes, exactly. God. That is why I'm not liking Castiel today. I did. What? How does that? He's getting so weird. What? Forget it. Forget it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry about him. He's just trolling people today. I was playing a game earlier, and all he was doing was trolling me. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. That's basic face. Anyway. Um, Basically. <laughs> that still resting in the vein face. of exactly. <laughs> still in the vein of supernatural, <laughs> as I'm wont to do, I often go on Reddit and and engage in debates, mostly about the what I like to call the esoterics of celestial physiology. Yes, that's what I use Reddit for, not for memes, debating angel. Anatomy. Oh my god, Reddit is the perfect place for memes, and yet you only do debates? Well, yeah. Why? Because I like talking to people about this stuff. But Reddit is so good for its memes. I'm not saying I don't use it for its memes, but that's not all I use it for, and it's not even my main use for it. Okay, fine, fine, fine. All right. Anyway, Reddit has good memes. I gotta the merits of Reddit later. I gotta wrap this up. Um, I finally got up to Super Dragon Ball Heroes. Took you a while. Yes. Caught up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm going to say about that, mm-hmm. while I like the art style and I finally got up to the part where he fights hearts, really beautifully done animation. Mm-hmm. Very, bro- very Broly-esque. Like yeah. Super Broly, Dragon Ball Super Broly-esque. I agree. Question to the people who write the story. How do you tease Golden Cooler and then just have him sit there, do nothing for the entire episode? <laughs> Oh, you know what? Forget it. How? 
I'm uh, question to the makers. How do you tease SSJ4 and not do anything about it? They did in the early episodes. Getting so mad about it. Well, you know, it's 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 kind of a, a symptom of the fact that it's so short each episode because the the, mon- the manga has a little bit more detail than right, the anime. But then they should put it in another episode. I wish they would. They're getting me so mad. They should have put it in another episode. That should have been a thing on its own. That should have been the thing to defeat Hearts once and for all. Either way, SSJ4. The one thing that I did like about it, I got to see Golden Metakura fight. And I gotta say, oh, that was awesome. That was pretty lit. My I last geek out, finally. This is the one I wanna hear. Gendy Tarkovsky came out with a recent slew of anim- animation episodes? Yes. Yeah, called Primal. And if you know him, you know that. He did the old Clone Wars animated movies, and he no, also it was did the shorts. Isn't it, isn't it Gendy Tartatovsky? It's Tartatovsky. Some, something like that. Mm-hmm. I you know. thought it was Kovsky. Well, but it's it's not Tarkovsky. It's Tartakovsky. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's my bad. That's my yeah. bad. Sorry, I'm being a nerd about that. Um, continue. <laughs> yeah, I'll and be a fact checker. This is also the guy <laughs> that made Samurai Jack. Yay. Dexter's Laboratory. Hello, don't forget that show, man. That show's amazing. Too? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, that's where oh, he got wow. like his big start, I guess you could say. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. But anyway, it's really good. I'm gonna. This is just me nitpicking, so don't don't like get turned off because I said this. Can I ask one question real quick? How long are the episodes? Are they short, short episodes, or are they like 20, good, 20, like twenty minutes, thirty minutes? Twenty minutes to half an hour. So it's like a regular show. Okay. Yeah. Actually, its art style kind of reminds me of Samurai Jack, and I don't know why. Because it's the, the guy, guy that guy. made it. Really? Yeah. Verbatim. Yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I was looking it up. Boom goes the dynamite. You're trolling again. Yes. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I swear. Troll. I realized so, I have to be Christian now. <laughs> I don't even know why, but, like, I don't know. Like, his music inspired me or something. Okay, okay. okay. Go ahead, Meta Just, Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, Meta. Please go, go ahead. <laughs> Save us. I'm about to have an aneurysm. <laughs> That's why I had to stop him. <laughs> so, back to what I was saying about my little nitpick. <laughs> go ahead. It's really awesome, but... Because I know a little something about uh, reptile biology. Oh, wait, no, you know what? Actually, I think dinosaurs were warm-blooded, so it's all right that he did that. Yeah, they're birds. They're not even reptiles. Yeah, okay, so you know what? Never mind my nitpick then. I mean, raptors have feathers, man. At least they think so. Velociraptors? Mm -hmm. They believe that they had feathers. That's... I know. I know. Didn't, didn't they actually show that in like one of the Jurassic Park movies? Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. They did. Mm-hmm. And, and in uh, that game that I lent you guys for a little bit, um, Ark. Ark. They have feathers in that also. They don't have like feathers all over their body, but mostly just on their wings, according to what scientists think. Anyway, we just keep interrupting you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah. As for me, I'm gonna stick to my really awesome Jurassic Park Velociraptors. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. nothing replaces those. Anyway. Uh, even if it's not correct, I still stand by it. Because it, 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 it threw me off a little bit because... Um, are, are you guys going to watch it? I like Gendy Tartofsky, so, Tartofsky, so possibly yes. Yes, so, me too. 
Don't give All too right, many spoilers well, if you could. The whole premise is uh, these two individuals, they go through something tragic, and they're eventually brought together. This mm-hmm. is a caveman and what's basically a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Nice. And they basically fun, uh, form a, not a an owner-dog relationship, but like a mutual, like, I respect you, you're a person, you respect me, I'm a person kind of thing. Well, not a person, but I get it. They respect each other as individuals. Yes. <laughs> and so my nitpick originally was that they had this Tyrannosaurus Rex braving a blizzard and i was like wait it's a at first my mind registered that it was a cold reptile but then i remembered historical geology and okay they're not actually cold-blooded so whatever yeah no they could definitely exist in cold weather it was more the the food supply drying up um that's what killed them more than anything else so that was that was just my non-nitpick but otherwise it was really well done it made me want more once I finally finished it because it is very short. It's like six episodes total. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Do you know if there's going to be a, a season two? I don't know, but I hope there is. <laughs> Did they set up a season two? Um, you could technically go on, but if I, if I elaborate, I'm going to start spoiling you. Okay, so let me, let me just ask one more question then. If we never got a season two, those six episodes would be self-contained, or it is could it be self-contained. Okay, it so, could. Be. So there's a possibility that this could be it. Boom! See you later. I'm moving on to something else. But it would be a real shame. Okay, sounds good. So. There's a lot of shorter shows these days, though, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Cool beans. Um. It's up to the Balrog. The Balrog is up to bat. The one and only. He's at the free throw line. He's ready to kick the field goal. Um, breakaway goal by Balrog. I, sh- I shall pass. <laughs> there you go. Go for it, dude. All right, so um, what's up, guys? I mean, um, it's been like a little over two weeks since our last podcast, I think. Something like that. Well, actually, no, three weeks. We actually missed. Yeah, a little over two weeks. Yeah, yeah. we missed one week. Yeah, um, so I didn't come into this podcast tonight with a with any proper geek out, to be honest, because I was away for a while. But, um, you know, like. And we'll m- get into that. Right. Well, I was going to say very quickly, not to cut you off, but the, the trip itself was kind of a geek out, if you think about it. That is absolutely true. Partially. It, it was a huge adventure. So, guys, don't, don't, don't rate on him because he, he brought something to the table, and it's the main topic. Yeah, Always yeah, does. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's why I'm not really going to touch on that because we will be discussing it later, right? So that's more of a main topic for all of us rather than just a single geek out. Okay. So, you know, my, my geek out to fall back on, it would be the game that came out the 1st of October that I have been playing every day for at least six hours regardless of what I am doing with my life. And that is Call of Duty Mobile, the <laughs> yeah. best free-to-play game ever. I, I only saw one one moment, I think, when you were on vacation when you hadn't played for, like, two days or something like that. And oh that's my it. Yes. That's it. Because I was looking for you. I was like, I got to play with this kid right now. And I was like, he hasn't been on for three days. What's going on yes, here? Yes, I know. That's why I was upset. <laughs> it's like a job. Yeah. Know, you know? That's why I was low-key upset for a while because I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm out here living life and whatnot, you know? Which no is, Call of Duty. Which is yeah. great and all. But he like, took some t- sick time. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, I need to meet a certain quota, you know, especially with my MVPs and whatnot. So, like, I had to, like, job. When, I, when I came back on, I had to, like, get, like, at least 20 MVPs to call it a day. So that that was devoting like a good eight and a half hours, I believe, that day. Got a 
Yeah, yeah. Dude, you're like, you're like the the traffic cops that have to meet a quota every month. <laughs> yeah, that's the one they <laughs> all hate, right? <laughs> if they if they make yeah. this like a major league gaming event, dude, you should probably join it because oh, you could probably do well. No probably, question. Probably win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no question. Yeah, so he's coming high, highly ranked. <laughs> yeah, right. I would say. Yeah, so like in regards to this geek out, you know, with Call of Duty Mobile, I'm just I'm gonna just uh, drop some quick stats. Um, I think I'm gonna be doing this every now and then since you know there'll be times that I may not have a geek out, so this is only proper for me. So. You know, my username is Aaron JCBNYC. For y'all who may not know already, that's A A R O N J C B N Y C. Come at him, bro. Yep, you could go ahead and add me on COD Mobile if you've already downloaded. If you want the smoke, um, so for this current season, right, which ends sometime next November, I got to check the exact date again. My current stats are as follows. I am a 100-time MVP. I say again, 100-time MVP. I've played 406 games. I've been top three 224 times. I have 6,017 kills and counting. I have a KD ratio of 4.11. That has dropped for me. I am to go back higher on that. (laughs) And my average accuracy is 30.09%. I say again, that's 30.09% and counting. I can do better. Wow. (laughs) Where are your stats? Prove it. So hold on. Yeah. MVP one out of four games. Yep. Top three. At least 50% of the time. At 50% a little percent over 50% of the time. Percent of the pretty, time. Much, pretty much. Um, and you've got 6,000 kills <laughs> over 400. That's what? 50, at least it's like 15 kills yeah, a game. Yeah, 15 kills a game. About. Right, and I didn't mention that I am an elite one level 73 player currently. Jesus Christ. And um, in my last two games, I've screenshotted um, my scoreboard. So for my second to last game, I was at elite one level 71. I had 29 kills, zero deaths, 10 assists, and a score of 2,200. Yes, I am good at not dying. Yeah, boy. And then my very last game recently, I was an Elite 1 level 72 player with 27 kills, zero deaths, 12 assists, and a score of 2020. Yes, cheating death is something I am quite passionate about. Like some other people we'll discuss later. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I see where you went there, Meta. I see where you went there. Boom. Nazgul style. Damn. Yeah. That's okay. like a kill to death ratio that's almost four times higher than mine. That is what? Uh, your accuracy is like double mine in this game. And I consider myself pretty decent. I've had some good games recently, but the best I've done was like, I think it was like 14 kills, yeah. two deaths. And I was proud of my 22 assists that game. That means I got a shot on everybody. So that and was cool. um, yeah, I just want to also say big shout out to Walt for um, putting me on with Modern Warfare because, you know, I'm a console list gamer now. Like, I'm all on mobile on my XS Max, just playing COD Mobile, you know, free to play. I'm an economical player now. <laughs> so, like, you know, Modern Warfare is awesome and everything. I'm not really geeking out over that because I just got into it. But, yo, that game is freaking awesome. And I know it's something we're going to get into very soon. So, you know, that's where I'm at currently. Um, so yeah. Give me a couple of years. Give me a couple of years, and I will get better. I will get way better than you could ever be. You'll have Except moved you'll on take by then. Years. <laughs> Sorry, uh, that so was I, a little too. So I guess it's that me. Was a little too bad. Yeah, you're I, the uh, last. So the last. <laughs> the last of so the geek I've been, outs. I've been really having last of the a really outs, weird day. Outs, 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 I've had a really weird day so far. <laughs> Uh, I think my main fo- my main focus of today is mostly on God. <laughs> this is gonna get very religious in a way, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um. Boom goes the dynamite. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it like it's yes. hot. Yes. So if you are Something. Christian, then you should definitely listen to this, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right. So. No, that that that's not a thing. <laughs> so, it's just not. 
So it's not a thing anymore. You know, when you started doing that, it, it reminded me of Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. and Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Tropic Thunder. All right, but go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So, uh, yes, I was in the car, right? And I had had a really weird conversation, and Dad brought up, Dad, my dad, Walt, he hey. brought up a really weird thing called Christian rap. So I searched it up on Spotify, right? The first thing that pops up is Fidel. How did, how did we Just get Fidel. That? Christian Trap, the album, and right? So I check it out. Oh, it's Fidel. Fidel. Fidel which, wait, hold Not on. Not infidel. Fidel. <laughs> Don't don't actually. He's the opposite of, in, of an infidel. Hey Eli, Eli, how did we get into the no, whole Christian no rap thing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Oh, we were listening to a reggae playlist. We were. <laughs> yeah, we were listening to a reggae playlist, and so, then all of a sudden, I started speaking about. He started speaking about Christian rap. Because one of the reggae songs was actually a Christian song, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so, it was like a gospel or something. Yeah, something like that. And then you're like, oh. That sounds weird. How could they have... It's almost like he's rapping. I said, dude, there is Christian rap. And you're like, what? There's Christian everything. <laughs> it's like back in the days, there was a good, pretty good Christian rock man called Jars of Clay. Christian... Moving on. Christian black metal. Where you going to find okay, stuff that's, like that? That's a little... That there is, there is Christian rock. There is Christian I, rock. Well, I know that. I know metal, that. That's not a thing. <laughs> Maybe not. not. First Maybe of all, not. that sounds black. racist. <laughs> well, see baby on. Oh. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. That's it's not. not black. <laughs> <laughs> How? Nobody heard that. Oh my God. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. As I've as I've taken on the role of 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 podcast fact checker, I found something out that's actually quite interesting. There is no, there is nothing known as Christian black metal, but there is metal. No, no, no. They have a specific term for it. It is unblack metal. Get I out. swear to No them. way. No <laughs> way. Are you serious? Oh my god. What the hell? But is this necessary? That is that is Absolutely seriously not. Thing. Wait, no, unblack. Um You yeah, got it. Sorry guys, I actually had the aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> unblack metal. So we have it. Yo, master! <laughs> master! Where's young thug when we need him? All right. Okay, He's anyway, gone. back to Infidel. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm just going to quote a website that I looked at for this. It's called Jam the Hype, right? This <laughs> gets weirder and weirder. <laughs> Fidel is an artist who loves God, who loves people, and... <laughs> <laughs> he loves Stephen King also, right? <laughs> <laughs> and is here to bring hope. Okay, so <laughs> bring the hose or bring the hope. Like we <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, a little bit about bringing the hope that this ends soon. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Take us through it. Take us through it. Come yes. on. So on on August twenty second, <laughs> right? Breathe. He released an album called Church Trap and. <laughs> Sorry. Right. So um, I'm still I'm plugging out of unblack metal. <laughs> I can give you a definition for that in a moment, and then we'll move on. Yes. Wait, 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 do it. Do it. Just say, it, just say it now. Okay. 
So according to Wikipedia, <laughs> unblack metal is a is is a religious philosophy with within black metal. It's a philosophy. Who's who's black metal? Whose artists are either directly against the Satanism prevalent in black metal or promote Christianity in their own lyrics and and imagery. So basically, it's like yeah, they're like. They're like like metal for God or whatever. Like, I don't know how it, how it's classified as a philosophy though. That sounds a little weird to me too. It's just like it's a I'll genre. Stick to trap music. Or it's like metal, but like without all the Satan stuff. I don't know why it needs to be that separated. But whatever, whatever. I don't even know where to go from here. Back to Christian trap, please. Down. We know where to go from here. Okay, so right. I'm just gonna give you his story. Uh, his father was a minister. <laughs> but <laughs> just give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. Fidel. Fidel. Uh, okay. Fidel uh, was actually in a dangerous neighborhood uh, of Memphis, Tennessee, uh, one of the highest murder rates in the nation. Okay. But um, but uh, according to him, uh, quote. But on the flip side, it was a lot of lessons I couldn't learn any other way, uh, right? My heart for people came out of the turmoil and tension of growing up between those two worlds. So he's had a really hard life, and you know what? All right, good for him. Yeah. Good for him to rise up after all of that stuff, you know? Right, so I'm going to give you a few of his songs. <laughs> <laughs> It's straining credulity so much that your voice is changing. Exactly. Right. Okay. So it's called Church Zoo, and this is... <coughs> Church Zoo. Don't this actually is, play it. Huh? No, I won't. But this is actually probably one of my favorite songs from his album, especially the part <laughs> where he mentions... No, 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 go ahead. Don't where, he, where he mentions what's, Stephen no, King. No, no, what's the lyric? Do you know what the lyric um, is? Hold on. I don't. I don't. I don't have it I'm here. Go, I'm gonna get you, little Eric. Hold on, because we church we trap. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, just it's, search up the album. Church zoo. From the church to the At the end of this geek out, it is my oh, obligation. Right. So here's a quote from the song. I'ma turn the church. I'ma turn the church into a zoo. It just means that everybody's gonna get crazy mosh in the mosh pit in the church. <laughs> We're going to go out of this church and be brave. So I don't. Uplifting. This is not actually from the song, but I don't know what he means by mosh pit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, wait, do you have it? I'm trying. Uh, here we go. Okay, you ready? Az lyrics. Oh, is 404 not found. Az lyrics uh, is generally <laughs> the best website. Wow. Okay. By the way, a mosh pit is in a in a rock concert or some sort of concert. So then, why are you lying to me? I know. Isn't that like Lies. where a bunch of people like run into each other? Or something? Yeah, they smash in. They mosh, man. They mosh into each other. They just bash into each other and like get excited. But it's a Fun, Funny story. Well, he he looks that up. I can't remember what concert it was, but one day when I was in a mosh pit at a at a rock concert, I got drop kicked in the back. It was awesome, and not not in my mid back, like my shoulder back. I don't even know. I, and I didn't see the person who did it. All I know is I was talking to a friend of mine. I felt a foot. Two feet on my shoulder, and then I turned around and there was nobody there. So I must have gotten like drop kicked by like like some black metal guy using his satanic powers or something like that. I guess or I don't you know were what happened. Buzzed. 
No, I wasn't even. I didn't even have anything to drink. I was younger when I went to this concert. I don't know how it happened, dude. It was weird. I cannot but find the lyrics to this thing. Use AZ lyrics. That's what I'm trying to do. AZ lyrics doesn't exist for this guy. <laughs> He's too godly for his lyrics to be stolen. <laughs> you know what it is? God is shutting down all websites that are like taking his intellectual property. That's what it is. Here's an article from <laughs> taking all of God's intellectual property. <laughs> well, yeah, they're God lyrics. So here's an article. I'm sorry, G slash D. www.theoraclemag.com. What am I? What am I listening to now? Fidel Church Trap. So there you go. Um, dude, I, this thing is like, you know, there's Christian hip hop. So, okay. <laughs> I cannot find this for the life of me. All right. Like, well, it's not the end of the like world. It's like, it's like, God is like an author, just like Steve, <laughs> Stephen King, who, who's not a horror thing. Um, it's something along those lines. What? Yeah. I know Stephen King writes a lots of book, lots of books that are not horror. So but. there's this other song called "In My Bag." <laughs> what the hell is in his bag? Okay. It, uh, Definitely not a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you say I'm in my bag today. <laughs> Church Zoom. The heck? Okay. Uh, fear. Russian. It's about like his childhood. He was oh, that's where you got this God drip nonsense from. It's from his album. Church this? Trap's fifth song is God Drip. That's where you're getting it from. Yeah, God Drip yeah. is his fifth song. Dude, the lyrics are on a Russian site. Yeah, I know. There's a Russian site for his lyrics, but oh I can't God. read it because it's <laughs> Russian. <laughs> More importantly, from Tropic Thunder, and I quote, I know who I am. I'm a dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. Um... <laughs> Should we move on? I think we're trying to find these lyrics yes, for a little yes. too long. I found a Brazilian website, but it gives me a fatal. But is error. it is it in Portuguese? <laughs> I, but yeah. Muito bueno. I don't know. Okay, so my second favorite song is God Mode, and this, this is just gonna, this is just gonna be, gonna be it. But like, I, I feel really like I heard the whole album already. I found a German website. No. Du hast. Wait, that's really bad, actually. <laughs> Hostmish. They have. He has a Panda Christian remix. If you're interested. <laughs> All right. Well, What's our next topic? Yes. <laughs> but anyway, he's actually not half bad at, at his music. No, like, he's actually pretty good. Yeah, we're making a lot of fun of him, but it's. But I it mean, is. I don't like trap music that much, but it was good by trap music standards. I will I admit. Mean, I could so actually understand him. His lyrics could trash, be like a bit rap, better, Christian. but. Uh, you mean like all trap music? His lyrics could be better, but it's like all trap music, pretty, it's still pretty good. And I really like his beats in the song, like especially God Mode, which has this really nice, uh, really well played piano. I don't know who it is, and yes. I don't know. Yeah, I Maybe imagine. it's Fidel, but I don't know. If anything, I give credit to that person and to Fidel. But he's a pretty good artist, and that's it. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Can That's I our story. My obligation? And we're sticking to it. Continue, please. Okay, so this is my obligation. I'm, right. I'm quoting Filthy Frank on this because I'm just not going to touch this. What? Ooh. It's time to stop. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Where are your parents? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so going from infidel to call of duty. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. His name is Fidel. I'm Fidel. Fidel. My FedEx. Bad. I don't know. FedEx. It's spelled kind of like FedEx. You just changed the last letter. All right.
<laughs> Call Let's of Duty. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Modern Warfare. All right. So everybody's played it, right? Because that was the last oh, one. I actually haven't. You haven't but played it, but you saw it. I've seen them play it. Yeah. All right. So what does everybody think of it so far? Perfect. I know. Open-ended question. Well, I... Well, the thing is, multiplayer and co-op, and I know a lot of people have been complaining about this, especially the maps on multiplayer. Mm-hmm. It could be better, but... Multiplayer other, online. Those multiplayer are, online. Those and, are the ones that they're complaining about. Yes. Uh, co-op, apparently you can't, like... For local co-op, you can't... Um, you can't, like, you... You can't join other... You can't join parties, but otherwise the campaign is perfect. The graphics are... It looks like a movie. It really does. Yeah, I'm going to have to give credit for that. It looks really awesome. The storyline is dark. Just dark. There's nothing to it. Just dark. Well, that's a, that's a staple of the Call of Duty games, right? Pretty much. Yeah, they've gotten a little bit darker over the years. They were a little bit... I mean, it's a war game, so like you can't be very light about it. But it was exactly. a little more, little lighter back in the days. Um, so I was the last one to play it, so I'll give a little bit of a quick impression first, and then you guys can jump in and tell us what you think as well. Um, I only got to play a little bit of the first mission. Uh, I only got as far as, what is it, London, I believe you're in? and Piccadilly Plaza. Piccadilly yeah. Square. Circus. Square, I think. Circus. Whatever. Yeah, something like that. Piccadilly, Piccadilly something. Sorry, British people. Yeah. Piccadilly. For those of you that are listening, if the you are. One person. Yeah, there's probably one person in the UK who's listening to this. Uh, so thanks, Boris Johnson. Um, anyways, so I was playing it, and uh, as as some of you may know, I'm a bigger fan of Battlefield over the last few years. I was definitely a huge fan of Call of Duty in its early days. Um, I, I was like a Call of Duty like PC player. Like I played Call of Duty when it first came out on PC. I would be, sit up late at night playing all those World War II missions. Like I liked Medal of Honor before that, but like once that came out, Medal of Honor nobody cared anymore. Once do they Call even Duty make those out, games anymore? They do. There is a Medal of Honor game that came out I think a year ago or something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. There was a new one that came out somewhat recently. You don't hear that much about no, those because games. Who right? cares? It's all about Call of Duty that was and more like of like a present day like Modern Warfare type Medal of Honor. Yeah, right? exactly. It's not the World War II Medal of Honor that we all know and love. Yeah, and uh, Medal okay. of Honor was fun because like we used to play have some fun multiplayer yeah. games. Like we would play local multiplayer. We would shoot the crap out of each other. But like yeah, once one. Once Call of Duty came out back in the days, you know, I was into all that. Call of Duty 2, Call of Duty 3 for Xbox One, not Xbox One, the first Xbox, um, and Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2. Like, I was in on all that stuff. And then, like, I, I, I kind of got bored of Call of Duty. And uh, you know what? I don't make that an indictment against the Call of Duty series in general. I know we got some fans here. But me personally, I got tired with the gameplay style. Just like with Medal of Honor, I got a little tired of it. And I moved on to Battlefield. I became a bigger fan of Battlefield over the last couple of years. Uh, I started with Battlefield Bad Company, which if you guys haven't played Battlefield Bad Company, if you want a great introduction to the series, Battlefield Bad Company is fantastic. And it's got a funny storyline. It's a really funny storyline, actually. If you want a lighter war story, it's just a group of friends that are like in a unit together, and they're just dummies. goofing on each other. Yeah, they're a bunch of dumbasses, but it's great. It's so funny. It's so entertaining. It was probably... One of the best ones in terms of gameplay, honestly, because they had the great destruction effects. But anyways, I'm going on about Battlefield a little too much. Um, this Call of Duty game is definitely piqued my interest more than the last couple of ones because I have certainly felt like the last few Call of Duty games were basically the same game reskinned. That's my opinion. Ever since, like, Modern Warfare 3, it's like this is the same thing with maybe some slightly different weapons because you have Advanced Warfare, right? You, you have know. the various, like 
different different um, you know time periods that they played around with, and I know Advanced Warfare had some other different gameplay elements. They went to space. Yeah, exactly. They were like, and they could like dash around and but all you, that stuff. You're not wrong because that's a complaint that a lot of people have made. That it's kind of like Call of Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty one point. Oh, 1.2 they haven't really changed much mm-hmm. so exactly I like but even even from queuing this up like the controls felt different because one of the things that i've liked about battlefield is every gun has an extremely unique feel in battlefield like with from the vibration of the controller to the way that you aim it to the recoil because like Call of Duty for me has always been kind of excuse me misrepresenting recoil. Like I feel like you could just spray dudes online, especially, and like you can pretty much keep yourself on target. Battlefield, none of that's gonna work. You have to like pause between your shots, and there's a lot more of a heaviness, a lot more weight to the weapons in this one. First off, graphics, like everyone said, I don't think really even really need to mention that that much. The graphics are absolutely fantastic, better than any f- shooting game that I've seen in recent memory. For sure. Just from the first level, you can see it when they're wandering through that forest. Like, the way that they light things up, the shading, the shadows, like, the, the animation, the way that they move is and really impressive. Just to give people um, a kind of a background on what we're playing it on, we're playing it on a PS4 Pro mm-hmm. on a 73-inch on a 73 inch HD TV. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get a, a really good sense of what we're looking at. Yeah. And, you know, again, the PS4 Pro is pushing those graphics as far as it can go. It looks so. phenomenal. It right. does look phenomenal. So the gameplay feels a little bit, like, a, a little bit more realistic. Not too much. It still maintains the thing that makes Call of Duty a lot of fun, obviously. Like, if you made a really realistic war game, like... Like, we would probably enjoy it, actually. Like, some of us here at this table, I think ASAP would probably enjoy a war game if it was, like, hyper-realistic also. But, like, this is, it's it's just, it's got, a, like, a, just a lot more weight. That's, like, the best word to me to it. Everything is a lot more weight. The gameplay so far seems a little bit more slow, more deliberate. It's less like you're going down a hallway, which to me has also been an issue with Call of Duty over the last few years. You, you go in one direction, all the bad guys are in that direction. Maybe, like, you know, with a 180-degree like viewpoint but they're all basically in front of where you're supposed to be right these guys are coming from everywhere they're coming from any direction which i wasn't used to so i was dying a lot the first couple of times i played it like you know i'm a little more used to battlefield where everything comes from every direction for the most part depending on the maps but like this definitely i like the way that they they made the the gameplay and the combat much more open they can come from any direction that that piccadilly square level like they're coming from from like subway steps they're like on the second level of a department store they're behind cars like they're running behind like civilians who are running everywhere and which makes it that much harder yeah especially that level there's there's a freneticism to that level where it's like you know yeah. you you're it, it, and again i've got thank god i've never been in a situation like that but mm-hmm. it, it, you you're in a panic because you don't know which way to look and yeah. you know sometimes i know asap um, he shot a couple of civilians down because yeah, but, I shot a couple but, of my own guys. But the <laughs> thing is, it, it kind of, and like I said, I've never been in a situation like that. I hope never, nobody ever gets into a situation like mm-hmm. that. But you can, you can get the sense of how crazy and how unpredictable and how just by that level. That level is you got people running around all over the place yeah. and you can't really distinguish terrorists from civilians yeah no glorifying it but you know you see cops getting shot in the head you see civilians getting gunned down it's really visceral and violent but like exactly it evokes the feel that it's supposed to evoke something that uh i something that kind of scared me 
not like scared me, but disturbed me was there's this part where you can go into a uh, what would you call it a subway thing? Yeah, the subway the subway steps you go down, right? Yeah, and on your way out you see a police he he's yelling at you and all of a sudden you see just blood splatter and his head yeah, gets shot and explosions in the background and it's just really brutal. Oh. Especially the first cutscene. To to speak to it real quick that like I could tell definitely that there was something special about this game also graphically when you see that that first uh, bombing mission in that first level, the way the explosions look, very impressive. Yeah. But if anything, it gives the especially the the first cutscene uh very dark and not only that but the let's call not, of it let's not like try to spoil too much for those who haven't started the campaign yet, Elias. I know, but it Fair enough. it gives me a very zero dark thirty vibe. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And um, you know, I'm I'm gonna start off by saying um that I agree with what Elias mentioned earlier that this game is most definitely like a movie. This is not even like a game to me. This is more of a movie. Like it has those cinematics, um, that and just the visuals alone are, are just absolutely amazing. So both in game and cinematics, are, they're just absolutely on par. And um, I want to say, you know, uh, to Jose over here that you know that um, you know, Battlefield is awesome and everything. And you know, there was a time when Battlefield, I gotta say, was better than Call of Duty in the sense that it was more realistic and whatnot in terms of you know the gunplay and um yeah just just overall the visuals and whatnot but call of duty has come so far like there was a time when i had to say you know call of duty as a true call of duty fan call of duty is dead because you know modern warfare 3 was the end of it because you know um you know call, call of duty 4 modern warfare came out back in 2007 and then modern warfare 2 came out 2009 and then modern warfare 3 2011 so there you go that was the modern warfare trilogy after 2011 that was it i i never really liked black ops or anything that came after i sure as hell did not ever play advanced warfare or any of that um other call of duty crap so you know eight come eight years later modern warfare has been rebooted and for the better um modern warfare and, and just the call of duty franchise overall is just absolutely much better you know starting off with call of duty mobile you know hitting up hitting the gaming community with a free-to-play mobile game that has uh, has like up to you know up to the best uh, multiplayer online and um, you know now Call of Duty Modern Warfare and to see Captain Price again you know all just these um these OG characters is, yeah. it's just absolutely amazing and the way he looks too and oh man it's just absolutely amazing and just how dark and gritty um, this new Modern Warfare campaign is you know this this is arguably the best Call of Duty campaign in history a lot of people are saying that this campaign is the best call of duty campaign in nearly a decade i gotta say this is probably the best one ever although i haven't even finished it yet but yeah like i said you know it's it's really up to cinematic quality and um yeah the the dark the darkness and grittiness of it is, is something else because for all of you out there who played modern warfare 2 you remember that one mission called no russian it was a mission that yep. you could skip it was very uh very controversial you were playing with the crew of vladimir makarov him and his uh Russian ultranationalist terrorist um, organization. It was like you and three other guys, Makarov included, who went into um, Zakhayev International Airport. I remember you went down this elevator, and then right outside into um, you know the, the terminal or the gate, whatever. You um, opened fire on a bunch of civilians, and that was pretty much what the whole mission was about. It was about killing a bunch of civilians at an airport to instigate a to instigate World War Three, and 
that's pretty much what happened. And, you know, that mission alone was so controversial. A lot of people were complaining about it. And not to say there is controversy in this new Call of Duty game, Modern Warfare, that I will get to in just a sec. But in regards to that dark darkness and grittiness of Modern Warfare, seeing as to how I played the first mission, you know, the first mission of Modern Warfare, of I'm not going to get into details because I don't want to spoil such a phenomenal campaign for anyone out there who's still new to it. It is just absolutely absolutely dark <laughs> it, like it's super dark like it's um, brutal yeah and you know they already mentioned about something happening happening in piccadilly circus which is in in uh, england london england i believe mm -hmm. and seeing something like that i'm not getting too specific on it but just to see something like that happening you know on on home soil or like on the home soil of a, of a fellow u.s ally it, it's pretty terrifying because <laughs> You know, not to get off topic, but we're so used to um, waging war on foreign soil, like, you know, in, an, in a non-friendly nation, mm -hmm. like, you know, such as uh, countries in the Middle East or whatnot. We're not used to war on our own soil, and I hope it never gets to that, obviously. Mm -hmm. But just to see something happening on our own home soil, it, it's just so it's just so so terrifying you know you think of what happened back then in nice france you know you think of the chelsea bombing you think of you know the las vegas massacre you think of stuff like that and it, it it's very haunting to think of because these are actual you know actual lives being lost but we don't take into account the lives being lost overseas but you know that's a topic for another discussion and you know going back to what i was speaking on controversy in this new modern warfare there is a kill streak known as white phosphorus now for many of you who may yes. not know white phosphorus it's a chemical that is totally not geneva approved to use it in real life would be a war crime yeah, yeah it's so illegal what it is about white phosphorus is that let's say it, it touches your skin you're within its vicinity you're within the explosion radius your skin will burn off and disintegrate to the point where it's just your skeleton showing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how bad it is. That's why it is not Geneva approved to utilize white phosphorus in any conflict would be considered a war crime. Now, white phosphorus is a kill streak or a score streak or whatever they call it here in modern warfare. And that's what makes it very controversial that the fact that they put it in a game, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. why would you put that in a game like knowing that you know this is this is something that's serious it, like in real life even though it's just a game the fact that they don't use this in real life you know it, it's just things like that and i somewhat disagree about it being in the game i'm kind of on the pc side you could say i'm one of the pc babies right PC babies. <laughs> here because um yeah I, I I, I'm, well. ju I'm just not one with that like i guess my preferable kill streaks at least in this new mind warfare are the classic uav apache chopper gunner and the ac-130 you know can't go wrong with that and uh yeah that's just that and um did you forget the a-10 warthog Oh, the eight, yo, Walt over here Come loves the now. A-10 Warthog. That's all him. As do I. And, um, yeah, that's a lot of people. It's a tank in the air, baby. I'm more of an AC-130, man. I'm a flying fortress um, kind of guy. But, okay, so there's this one thing even Walt mentioned earlier that I did not like about this new um, Modern Warfare campaign. It's, it okay. has to do with the AI. Yes. So um, in Piccadilly Circus, um, you know, there was, you know, something going on. There was an incident going on. And, you know, you're fighting these insurgents, these terrorists and whatnot. And, you know, Scotland Yard or whatever, the cops over there. You know, they're tending to the wounded. You have civilians running around. You're mm -hmm. trying to evacuate everyone. There was this one um, instance where there was a cop, like, a good five meters or so, Walt, like, away from, like, away from, like, a terrorist. He was, like, literally behind the guy. He was within arm's length. He right. Was, he wasn't that far away. And it's like him and the terrorist didn't even notice each other. They, the they, terrorist was actually shooting 
over his head. Exactly. Wait, and, and I'm like, that, that's not realistic. As realistic as this new Modern Warfare is, that you know, instance right there is not realistic whatsoever. Like, you could just shoot the guy right there. Maybe it's a bug. It's I don't know. It's, it's stuff Sounds like that. Like it's it weird. Be. Well, there are bugs in, in this game. It's not a, a perfect game. There yeah. are. And I'm looking at a article, an article here from Eurogamer.net. Um, you can <coughs> force push doors. Yes. That's dope, so, actually. That's, so that's if, something we were doing. If, if you're sprinting near a door, the door will force push open. There is also a thing where you can open a door with such force that it will blow the soldier across the room. <laughs> that's, um, that's weird. There, there's another uh, bug here where they say you shall not pass. I think you can kind of guess that. <laughs> the guy won't let you pass, right? Um, there's this one issue, though, Walt. You remember um, Eliza and I, we were trying to uh, change the name of mm-hmm. our our game rules or something, and then it would always say, oh, profanity, profanity, profanity. <laughs> I even wrote, I even said something as simple as, hi, it said I profanity. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, excuse me, oh, we yes. the North, profanity. Yes. The North, profanity. So it's North, not a profanity. It's not a perfect game. Metacritic, as, as of this recording, with 19 reviews, has it at 86%. So most of it is favorable. Um, some of the user reviews aren't as favorable oh as goodness. it because they're not very crazy about multiplayer, specifically the maps. Well, I can't say anything on that because I haven't even checked out all the maps yet. I mean, I only played one or two multiplayer matches with Elias over here, so we can't really criticize anything yeah. of that. There, there is I'm another guessing. bug that but looks we played like with realism. No, we hug. have Venom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to venture two guesses, though. Maybe the uh, shooting over the cop's head situation was... Because you know how these games like yeah. force you to be the one to get most of the kills? Even right. though it seems like this game, they do give your, your AI teammates a little bit more to do, which is cool. Mm. A little bit more. At least in the, in the first mission. Again, without spoiling it too much, they do take yes. down a couple of people. Um, and but some I of the cops do some damage. I think in that's that more mission. story story yeah, driven. It is, but like at the same time, that could be. I mean, I don't know. That's just the adventuring. I guess it could be a bug. And multiplayer, I, I you get the feeling that once they start to optimize the maps, optimize the balancing, and release more maps, yes, people will probably change think, their view I on think, it. That's um, what tends to happen. I seems with with Call of Duty. They put out a, a a day one update where they actually took away some maps because some of those maps weren't up to snuff. Yeah, the, the particularly the the night maps and it's something that you and I were talking about before we started how um, the gaming industry has gotten into this trend where they release beta releases as finished products and you don't get the full value of the game until maybe like six months to a year afterwards when they've gone through 10 15 updates to fix the stuff that should have been fixed when you bought the game at $70. It's especially obnoxious with these big multiplayer games cuz you find this in a lot of games that have online multiplayer. You find it a lot less in games that have are supposed to have as well you should like games that have a more polished single player experience like I brought it up earlier The Last of Us wasn't really as crazy when it came to the bugs when it came out. I can almost guarantee The Last of Us 2 will not be as bad as like Call of Duty and there's another game I think we're going to talk about later right that has like a lot of issues with bugs as well but all these big online multiplayer games are having a lot of big issues and they are doing this this really dumb like here's 90% finished or 85% finished game and we'll give you the rest later when you buy our DLC it's it's infuriating Um, I'm going to say one more thing and just to let you guys know about the whole dichotomy with, with the user reviews on Metacritic, also, I did say that the use the the critic reviews have been eighty six. The user score, however, on a, a ten point scale, 
is at four. Uh-huh. So now I'm going to temper that with this little bit of tidbit, this, this little nugget of knowledge, right? Okay. The game has been pulled in Russia. I wonder why. Now, and again, I'm, I'm not going to say that this may be review bombing at its best, but I'm looking down here at the front page of um, Metacritic's, uh, the review site for Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the PS4 version, and at least two out of the seven reviews that are visible, one of them clearly looks like it's written in Russian. The other one says anti-Russian propaganda. I wonder if this is a victim of review bombing on the Russian side. It's Putin's trolls. They've been unleashed. Yes. So well, I don't know. I mean, I would feel the same way, though, if, like, literally every time a video game came out, my people and my country were the bad guys. It's like, yo, like, you, and, you know, I think there's a lot of value to games that try to let you play both sides, whether they're good or bad, because there's definitely been games like that in the past. And, mm -hmm. like, not to get too, like, into Battlefield again, but that was a missed opportunity in Battlefield because... The storyline in that actually is is really interesting. There's just little war stories. Like there's one about this Italian this Italian soldier who's trying to find his brother after like this this like horrible bombing campaign and after this like mission that they try to go on. So he's trying to find his twin twin brother. There's another one about uh, one of the Harlem Hellfighters in World War One about a black soldier and like what he had to go through since he was thrust into the front lines. But they never have the other side of it. And like especially you know in in a fictional conflict what the hell is the problem with having you allowed to play like from the other side and maybe see some of the human reasoning why they're doing what they're doing i mean tv shows do it all the time now you see so many tv shows like homeland or what else or even like um what is it jack ryan right. like you see the other side and you get to see the reasoning granted it's still an evil thing that they do from our perspective but you get to see the reasons the human reasons why and and i don't want to put this out as an inflammatory comment and this is not I, i'm trying i'm not trying to be political here but you know what um, at some point when America was still colonized by Britain, I'm pretty sure the Britons thought that we were the terrorists, you know? So, I mean... Call of Duty some, 1776, baby. Right, exactly. So sometimes it is a matter of perspective, and, and maybe sometimes having the perspective of the other side may humanize people, and maybe we can get along a little bit here. And again, I'm going to step away from the political mic now. Thank exactly. you very much. It's not the job of video games, but Goodbye. it still would be nice to see. Yes. So let's, I think we're all in agreement. Call of Duty from our perspective is pretty good. If, if a little off in terms of tone and tastelessness yeah. here but and there. But you know what? After, after 10 updates, you know, you know maybe they, they fix some of those bugs and uh, there's nothing they you're going to do about the story. Yeah, exactly. That's, that Although, is tasteless. I agree. you never know. They could. They could. They could. They could. You know, it's it's something some, easily some taken out. Some other sort of, like, web. But, like, how, how do you... Then you have to, like, change the assets of the game because I'm assuming, like, it, it does some creepy stuff oh, to your enemies. Oh, can I say one thing, though? You know? Um, playing multiplayer, try and get 30 kills because you get the opportunity to use a nuke. I don't I, know if that's better, but... I didn't even know about that. <laughs> yes, and, and it's sorry, not... like a... Small tactical one, probably. Nuke. Yes, you can blow up the map. I've never, I haven't seen it yet, but in looking well, it just at... just kills all the bad guys. Well, I guess I so. Guess. Well, Including yeah. yourself. Probably. Your <laughs> Imagine your whole team's survives. It like, ends what? the game. <laughs> Broken arrow much? Yeah, Broken exactly. Arrow. Exactly. <laughs> 
Um, it's not mutually listed in your kill streaks, but it's an unlisted kill streak. You hit thirty, you get a nuke. Wait, can we do that? We got to do that at some point. We just got to like have one of us play the other and get thirty kills, and then just see what happens. I, I think that's a plan. Idea for later, you know. <laughs> but yeah. so m- moving on from one relatively buggy uh, console game to one that's extremely buggy. Now, I'm going to say we haven't bought the game, but part of the reason why we haven't bought the game is because it's so damn buggy. Um, But hold on. Metatron alert here. Metatron alert. uh, You mentioned Medal of Honor before. I just wanted to put it out there. The last time time there was a Medal of Honor game, that was 2012. Oh, so it wasn't that 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 recent. That's a long time ago. Warfighter. Yeah, that was like one of the modern warfare. Okay, so basically it's dead. Forget what I said. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, let's get into the bug. bug and so, so I'm going to say this before anything. I was a, I'm was a fan of the Ghost Recon games. And yep. Same here. I had I had a choice of getting I I really I would I would have probably gotten both. But most likely I was going to go Ghost Recon before I was going to do Call of Duty, but Ghost Recon they said is a bloody mess. Oh. I'm sorry to interrupt again. Okay. I hate to do this. This is what it was. They are releasing a new Medal of Honor game. Okay, that makes it's sense. It's coming out. That's what it is. So okay. they haven't released one in a few years, which you're correct, but there is one that's in development. Okay. So um, Ghost Recon, what is it, Breakpoint? Um, that's the one that has yes. John Bernthal as one of the characters. He's a bad guy in this. Um, it's a bloody mess. Supposedly it's it's buggy as all hell. I've seen screenshots of people in planes. Well, I see the plane, and then five feet ahead of the plane, I see them sitting in air (laughs) where the cockpit should be, but they've been shifted, so they're flying, what is it, Wonder Woman's Invisible Plane? (laughs) Yep. Something like that, right? And it's towing the plane? (laughs) It's, It's literally, yes, they're literally five feet in front of the plane, but they're sitting down perfectly in a cockpit that doesn't exist. <laughs> so um, I said no to that, and instead that's why we, we got Call of Duty. But like I said, there's one that's really making the news in terms of how buggy it is. Metatron, yes. can you enlighten us on that one? So uh, I, I won't lie. At first when I tried this uh, string of games, I was skeptical. Because me, I'm normally Mortal Kombat, uh, Injustice, uh, Soul Calibur. I like my fantasy-esque games. Mm -hmm. Although I will admit, and this has been recent, the WWE games I come to like because of how crazy they can be. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we would go to Hafa's house, and we'd just make these really weird characters and pit them up against yeah. each other. I love that. Didn't you do, like, a BoJack-looking character at some point? No, no I did uh, Mr. Guy. Manhattan's messed up son. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. He was really horrible. Wow. Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it was. should have seen it. Oh. <laughs> And his nose was up here or something. And he so it was a very imperfect copy. He was imperfect ugly as is, all is hell. Being yeah. nice. 
<laughs> one Perfect arm bigger than the other, one leg bigger than the other. It was great. Imperfect, Imperfect is being nice. Imperfect is an understatement. Hey, like, honestly, I agree, though. Like, So you're the one that had Bojack. Huh? Bojack was a oh, downloadable. Yeah. The horse I had, guy. I had a uh, nuclear. Uh, Bojack was a downloadable. Oh, I had nuke something or something, and he was like pink and green or blue and red, and he was all these different colors. Listen, Jose, it was really weird. That's all I got to say. I don't, oh, but I don't know what these kids He had a unicorn head or something. Here's See? the thing, though. So, that's all well and nice. But you know what gets even weirder? Having those types of characters and the buggiest game of all time. 2K20 puts all these other games to shame. Like... What was it? The, there, was a, there was a video I was watching earlier where... They were trying to get through the ropes, but they got stuck in the ropes, and they were, like, going up and down erratically in the Yeah, I saw the photo of that. I was trying to decipher what the heck was going on in that photo. This game is nuts. (laughs) And And not in a good way. And the referee was standing. Oh, yes. (laughs) He's standing on that wrestler's shoulder. shoulder. Let me me, me put a frame of reference here. So any of you guys who play Bethesda games, you'll know Skyrim very well. There's a glitch in Skyrim. Where, let's say you fast travel to Whiterun. It's a prominent town in the game. If you go outside and you start walking towards the open plains, sometimes what you'll see, obviously the game's loading in. But when the game's loading in, oftentimes you will see mammoths 50 stories in the air. (laughs) And as you get closer, they will slowly descend like a feather to the (laughs) ground. Like floating. You get something like that with the referee in WWE no, 2K20. Has, has everybody seen? Because I have it up on the screen yeah, right yeah. there if you guys want to see. That's what I was looking at. There, right now, we what? see a female wrestler and she is being juggled. She's crab walking. <laughs> She's being juggled by the ropes. Yo, the oh, ref she finally is like came out. merging with the other wrestler right no. now. Guys, they're inside of the Look, look, there right she goes. <laughs> they are now, they've morphed. The wrestling yes, they've the morphed ring. through the map. Is the canvas even solid? <laughs> no, look at that guy trying to get up through the ropes. <laughs> she threw her into the mat, guys. Now she's on her knees Yo, walking. the referee, though, dude. What is going on with him? He looks like a horror movie character that's twitching. Like, <laughs> Did you just see that? They went underneath the arena. <laughs> Let me rewind that again, because that's something that needs to be done, that needs to be seen. She does a suplex through the mat. The camera pans out to the underneath basement area of the arena. Except there's nothing there. Except there's nothing there. It's It's just black. black. And now they pan back. They entered the void in Minecraft. (laughs) The the wrestlers are underneath the mat. Did you just win? No. No, I don't the ref think was, so. The ref was doing the count, except there was nobody in the ring. And, and look at what they're doing. So they were underneath the mat, and the ref was counting somebody out, but we couldn't see who it was because they were underneath the mat. And then he started to do a duck walk away. There you have it WWE 2K20. Is it weird of me to say that I kind of want this game even more now? (laughs) Well, you you better hurry up because um, 
Oh no, I'm gonna take my Xbox offline so I never gets updated. No, ever. No, the last WWE game I played was SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. Now that game was lit. The last glitchy the update is coming in two weeks, so enjoy it now because you'll lose this forever. The last glitchy game that I played was Fallout 76, and I think we all know how that went. Oh yeah, that is it glitchier than this damn thing. Uh, it's actually pretty bad. Half it's uh, pretty. Us the, it's worse. The documentary. It's worse. There's a documentary yeah. about how bad it is. Yes. Oh wow. When yeah. you have a documentary, like that's really bad. An in-depth breakdown on YouTube. Couldn't going looking at Bethesda and what they actually did that uh, led up to this crisis of a shout game. Out to, shout, out, shout out to the internet historian to make such yeah, that a was wonderful him. video on the glitches of a massacre. Um, and <laughs> That's a faceless WWE fighter, just so that you guys know. I That's believe why you could... Like, it looks like the skin has been peeled off her face. Hellraiser... <laughs> By uh -oh. Ramsey Bolton, the flayed man. <laughs> I believe you could actually <laughs> nuke the map as many times as you wanted to in Fallout 76. It's <laughs> terrible. Yes, it is. It is if you terrible. guys are actually interested, this is a really good documentary. I recommend it. Now Internet speak historian. We'll Speaking of Fallout 76, they're now subscription-based. So oh, you yeah, can... stupid $100 a year thing? Yes, yeah, so you can pay to play that crap. Who's going to do that? Nobody. I mean, God, I wasn't even interested in it because I heard it was like so broken even before it came out. Now to hear this, it's and even the, worse. And the things that Bethesda did to get Fallout back, to get their company back after that massacre, the stuff that they did is just crazy. All right. But back to the main point. <laughs> WWE is really suffering. Pray for it. <laughs> Say a little prayer for WWE. I remember back in the days when wrestling video games were really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember Remember WCW Nitro? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like WCW versus versus NWO uh, Revenge or World Tour. That was on call. Nintendo, the wasn't N64 it? The N64 ones. Yeah. The N64 ones were crazy, bro. We used to have four-way matches, me and my friends in my friend's basement. 30 minutes, people will be fighting in these matches. I used to love good. that. It was so much fun. Everybody was laughing. It was great. But... Let's 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 move on. Genre. Keep going. Let's go. So, in genre news, Mortal Kombat's reboot reveals new behind-the-scenes photos of a very classic arena. I'm pulling that up right now, just so that I can have the frame of reference and I don't mess up. It appears to look like. The living, ah, forest. the living forest. Interesting. Ooh. So that's how you know this thing is definitely happening. Hap happening. Happening. And it has me all the more excited. Well, it's got a good cast, so it's got that going forward. And if they're going to be keeping with the actual lore of Mortal Kombat, um, I think that can only be a good thing, right? Oh, yeah. That's what we've all been waiting for, guys. They've held out for this long. Looks pretty interesting. Yeah, this is the, this is the actual photo. I'm going to show you guys the Twitter photo. So that's the gameplay level. No, that's yeah, the that's that's the, oh, I'm sorry. That's where they're filming, but that's it's the movie. The, mm -hmm. That's the forest they're trying to depict in Australia. Interesting. Pretty that's cool. Fun. That's pretty good, actually. 
Yeah, all the other Mortal Kombat movies, although fun, had horrible special effects and were very, very cheesy. So it's nice to see that they're actually throwing some money but, behind it this time. But it was fun to watch, though. <laughs> Come on, who can't love the bicycle game? Exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Alright, and that was Mortal Kombat. I hope you guys enjoyed that update. Mortal Kombat! Dun, 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 dun. Well, guess what? Yes. There's a Mortal Kombat-esque arena that's been developing in the movie industry. Oh, I yeah. did that transition very well. Oh, uh, yeah. Fatality. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about it. So, apparently a debate has risen to the top of the... I don't even know what you want to call it. But basically, the consciousness, people are debating... The the uh, I guess validity the validity of the Marvel's mo- Marvel movies as being cinema. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, director by the name of Scorsese spoke on it. Uh, Mr. Steven Spielberg recently Martin entered Scorsese. into this. Um, Scorsese of Godfather fame. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody on this planet who doesn't know that by now. Taxi mm-hmm. driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah number of Raging outstanding Bull. directors have been speaking on this and a lot of them have been bashing it really mm-hmm. what was um, Scorsese's original take was basically that it's an amu- that the Marvel movies are like an amusement park yes. yeah and nothing like cinema and then what is it Coppola jumped in and said that he was being too nice and that they were despicable was it something like that was all yes, these, like a horrible basically. word that he used in denigrating the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, in light of this topic, I just want to get each and every one of your guys' take on it. It can be brief, it can be long, it can be whatever. Cry. I don't know. Okay. Um, What do you think of the Marvel movies as being cinema? Hot take. All right. So, so first of all, to make my my point kind of long story short before before I... delve into it a little bit and I like I promise I won't be too overlong about this but cinema like I don't care who you are you don't get to define what cinema is for me that's that's to me the main point because everybody enjoys something different and for Scorsese you know who has made admittedly some of the best movies of the last 50 years um, Francis Ford Coppola as well, who has made some of the greatest movies of the last 50 years. Apocalypse Now is one of his, I believe, like a couple of really, really great films. For them to denigrate Marvel Cinematic, this Marvel Cinematic Universe as despicable or as an amusement park or as not real cinema, to me, is is really stupid. And I think the point came up. There was another director or somebody else that James brought this Gunn. Up. It, I, I think it might have been James Gunn, but yeah, I believe it was James Gunn who was saying like. When they were making their movies, when mm-hmm. Scorsese and Coppola were making their movies, was everybody was, was talking about how those movies were the death of cinema. Everybody was complaining about how Scorsese and them were like getting away from the, the westerns and those like great films of the past just before them. Okay, So they're basically the pot calling the kettle black in this instance, which is really stupid to me. But here's why, to, to break it down for me, here's why I think they are wrong. Okay, First of all, there are some movies comic book movies that are I mean maybe not in the Marvel Cinematic well yeah in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well let me let me make that clear there are some movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that thematically could be considered great cinema Guardians of the Galaxy 
I love that movie. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why I love that movie because for me, it's a great representation of of extended family, of what it is to be part of a family that's not your actual family. Okay, it's done in a funny way. It's entertaining. It's goofy. But like it's about that, it's about nostalgia, it's about a lot of things hidden under the surface that most people wouldn't see until you see the damn movie, right? It's not in the MCU, but anybody that tells me that Logan is not a masterpiece deserves to be smacked. And Logan is a western, basically, okay? So to say that that's not a great movie, you, you deserve to be smacked in the face, Black Scorsese Panther. and Coppola. Black Panther... Not necessarily one of my favorite movies in the MCU, but also a fantastic movie. Everybody know, everybody here pretty much knows that The Winter Soldier is one of my favorite movies. That's yep. an awesome spy thriller I love that and one. political thriller. Really good movie in, on its own in that way. But I'll, and, I'll, and I'll finish up my point here because I want to let you guys get to it. And I know we're going a little bit long on this episode. The reason why I think that they don't understand it is because there's something there's another level at play another layer at play and how these movies come together and it's obviously it's a cinematic universe nobody has ever attempted to tie together the storyline from 23 freaking movies and turn it into one cohesive storyline nobody's ever tried it or done it successfully and it has been well the most massive success in the history of movies if the if the box office of Endgame is any indication what they don't understand is they don't understand the medium of comic books and how that has translated into this form of cinema is it a popcorn movie that is that that is kind of dominating this, the, the 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 theaters in a way yes but Somebody else made a great point, another one of these directors, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping around between who's who, but somebody else also said when you make these big budget movies, you get the money to make the small budget movies that people want to see besides these blockbusters. Wasn't that Guillermo del Toro that I said that? I believe it was, yes. So for you to say that it's not cinema, really to me, it's like it's a bunch of old men clutching their purses. That's what it is. They're <laughs> clutching their pocketbooks. They're like, our movies don't make money anymore because a lot of what's coming out is that it was hard for Scorsese to get the ability to make his newest movie, which I want to see, by the way, The Irishman. It looks awesome. But, like, it's a different experience. And cinema, the whole beauty of cinema is that it's a lot of different experiences that tailors to whoever you are as an individual. To me, that's why they're wrong. Um. So you don't consider the Friday the Thirteenth franchise a cinematic success? Well, <laughs> it's not quite as big as this one. In it's scale. getting close to the MCU in terms of how many movies there are. Right? They have also rebooted it a couple of times and, too. And Saw also. That's true. But but those two pinnacles of cinematic greatness. See, I'm not a fan of those movies. I'm not a fan of like. And this movie is something that everybody's a fan of in this at this table. I'm not a big fan of the Fast and the Furious movies. But I don't say to anybody like. No, oh, I'm I'm right there with you. I, you know, I like. I'm it's still a, cinema. I was a fan of the Fast and the Furious because I I'm a, a big lover of cars. Um, but they've Same here. they've kind of gotten away from that and it's become more of a spy superhero type of thing yeah remember when it used to be about street racing when was that like <laughs> fast and the furious one one no, two and like, three it ended with tokyo drift i think yeah, yeah something like that that's after that was fast five right i think yeah and right that's, after that was that's when james wan took took over that franchise yeah, i believe but they're fun right? movies i've seen yeah, some of the actions like action movies are cinema who say they're not so black uh, superman this is gonna be my mexican joker <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> oh, this is gonna be my that. hot take on this. Okay, um, and and you know it's interesting that Steven Spielberg is one of the people that came came out against the MCU because um, his film Jaws back in 1977 kind of ushered 
the whole idea of the summer blockbuster. You know, him and George Lucas, they really, really pushed the, that that whole notion of having the big, big movie during the summertime. Because prior to that, we didn't have that. Yep. Okay? Yep. So I find it ironic that he's one of the people that are kind of railing against the whole notion of the MCU and stuff like that. So <clears throat> I'm going to put it this way. As you guys all know, I'm kind of a Marvel fanboy. I, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. But you know what? I love me some DC. I love me some Dark Horse. I love me some Image Comics. Um, but there is a little bit of truth in what they say. And, you know, it's not entirely that they should be directing their ire to the MCU because mm-hmm. it's become a problem of blockbusters in general. It, it's and and you can take a look at the box office for this year this year has been dominated by the huge movies yeah 100% there is no middle ground and really the industry that's suffering is the independent film studios you know they're they're not getting any play in this and and that's the, definitely true that's yeah. like a hidden life you remember exactly yeah. there are some gems out there that people have no idea are out there because they're getting hit with Deadpool and Logan and X-Men and the MCU and Star Wars. And those are the things that people go there. And listen, it's expensive to go to the movies. 100%. Okay. We're here in New York and the, the average price is about 17 to $20. And I'm not even talking about 3D and yeah, IMAX. It's a regular movie ticket. You know what I'm saying? So there are a lot of families out there that they have to pick and choose which movies they're going to go. They're not going to go see Ahead in Life. They're not going to go see The Lighthouse. They're going to go see Black Panther. They're going to go see Frozen. They're going to go see those type of movies. The middle market and the independent film market is the one that's struggling because of this. So it's not just an MCU issue. It's a greater issue that, you know what, it's either blockbuster or nothing for the cinema. Now, that being said, I'm going to go back to what you said before, Mm -hmm. um, Jose. I think this is a little biased towards the geekness and the comic book reader because, remember, for many years, comic books were never an accepted norm. Not comic books were for the 10-year-old kid, you know, the, the, the 8-year-old kid, the, the kid that wasn't into sports and stuff like that. There's a, there was a stigma to being a comic book reader. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, um, and so now I think that that stigma's kind of extended into the filmmaking industry and you have these established filmmakers who don't get what a comic book is and they just see a comic book as being um a picture book mm-hmm. to put it to boil it down in its simplest form they just think that comic books you know it's 90% picture and then you put a word on the page and there you got a comic book they don't understand that there's a lot of nuances and a lot of the story storytelling in that medium is visual, but it's still telling a story mm-hmm. and you can't discount that. And so now what you're doing is you're just putting that on film. You're putting it on the big screen. And like I said, I, I, I guess maybe there's there's a sense that they're being threatened by this because sure. because, you know, 
it, I mean, it's, if you're Martin Scorsese and you can't get funding or a place to release your film, and, and I but, get it. But that's why I think Netflix is trying to fill that void because they're recognizing those type of things and they're getting, they're get, they're listen. They picked up Irishman in a, in, a, in an instant, yeah, right? But and, in, in, like real quick. If there's a problem here, it's not just like the Disney and the MCU. It is Netflix. It is the streaming service. Right. There's, they're changing there's, the way this stuff is consumed. And, and and you see it now with the cinema. They're trying to catch up because now they're going subscription based also. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know. I saw that. Um, you you go you go and you see um, what you call it, AMC Stubs. They're trying to entice you to come in, pay twenty three dollars a month, and you can get to see a, a movie a month. And listen, aren't they also coming out with their own streaming service? Yes, they are. Yes, they right? are. So, you know, and it's wow. they're they're going with a six month um, wait from cinema to their service, which is kind of kind of basically mm-hmm. the norm. But now you have it there, um, and it's it's part of their whole MC AMC Stubbs program, you know. Um, but with, with movie theaters, they make their money off of concessions. That's that they don't make their money off of box office tickets. That's not, not how that time. works. You know what I'm saying? They want you to get in there and they want you to be on the premises to get that ten dollar popcorn. Yep. To get that eight dollar soda and stuff. That sounds a lot like Disney. But that's how they make their money. That's how big you know business does it these days. Exactly. We could and go so, into a lot of different reasons for why all this is happening beyond just cinema. Right. And you know, just, uh, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, but just with Disney as an example, I know a lot of people look at Disney as being a very greedy company and stuff like that, but you know what? Um, I'm going to look at them and I'm going to make a baseball reference to this. They're like the Yankees because you know what? They they get in a lot of money, but they put a lot of money back into their product. And so, you know, I, 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 you can say that they're very greedy and they're just trying to exploit everything, but you know what? They're giving us the Mandalorian, which is a hundred million dollars an episode. They're giving us the the Marvel shows, which are over a hundred million dollars for each series. So it's not like they're taking your money and then they're they're lining their pockets. They're actually putting the money back into their product, and for that I gotta respect them. But let's get back to what we were talking about before. Um, I, you know, I, there's some validity to what Scorsese has, but at the same time, cinema. The, the expression is beauty is in the eye of the beholder, mm-hmm. right? Cinema is what you make it to be. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So there is no one specific way of doing, quote, unquote, cinema. And so, like you said, at the time that they were doing it, they were the outliers. They were the ones that were ruining film. Yeah. Now that's come, come around. Now they're the establishment. And now the MCU's the Kevin Feige's of the world, they're the new bucks in and the, the thing. Mm-hmm. This is the whole, you know, back when rock and roll was the devil music. You know what I'm saying? Black it's, metal. It's cyclical. It's cyclical. So this is going to pass. This is going to pass. 100%. So, other viewpoints? Other opinions? Yeah. Uh, what Basically, what Walt said before of how you wouldn't go see hidden life in movies like those... Like there are a lot of movies that there are a lot of movies that some directors they might have made for their first time, they might have made a movie for their first time and there's no light shining on it because of all those good all of and I respect their blockbusters because of course 
their their movies are really good, but still you're not giving a chance to shine on other movies that might be pretty pretty good or better or even better. I want to I want to obviously let somebody else speak, but I just want to make one more small point. Another thing that happens in the MCU that they're not thinking about the Scorsese and the Coppolas of the world is Marvel is giving a lot of very young or small independent directors and filmmakers the chance to helm their movies. And that's something that I don't, that I don't think gets highlighted in this conversation. I think that's really cool that they do that because, you know, Ryan Coogler was making like, he wasn't making like small budget movies, but, but he, he got was the making chance. critically acclaimed movies. Yeah, he though. got the chance to make other big movies as a result of that. And like, you know, he's, he's I believe he's also behind the Creed movies, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, too. he is. And like that's another big blockbuster at, that he had. Look at James well. Gunn. James Gunn was doing horror movies before he did this. Yeah. One of his biggest movies was Slither, and that was that wasn't a very big release. Or like DCU giving Patty Jenkins a, a you know a chance to create the Wonder Woman movies, even mm-hmm. though again she wasn't the smallest director in the world. But these these smaller directors that are not just the pinnacle of these directors, like the Scorsese and the Coppola's, are being given a chance too, and I think that's part of it. Well, Patty Jenkins, she had, she had, she was the director for Monster. Yeah. She didn't do anything after that. For years. For years. And and she is an Academy Award winning director. She didn't do anything until Wonder Woman, really. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that opened it up, and now we're back to talking about Patty Jenkins as... Deservedly so. Right, exactly. She's a nit director she's the hot director she's you know and and so you you can look at that all over the place taika watiti taika watiti is an right. awesome director yeah you know what i'm saying but he was kind of fringe you know not a lot of people have seen what we do in the shadows you know not a lot of people yeah, went to go see hunt for the wildebeest wilder people you know thor kind of put him on the map yeah would you jojo rabbit be a movie now if it weren't for thor exactly so you know Yes, there is that that thing that bl- these blockbusters, but it's like what somebody like you had said before. It gives them the opportunity to do these smaller projects mm-hmm. afterwards. You look at Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson went and did probably one of the biggest movies of all time in Last Jedi. What was his next release? It's Knives Out, which is uh, which I heard is supposed to be fantastic. But, but would that exist if it weren't for right? Exactly. You know. Anyway. Um, I I, I kind of lean more towards uh, Jose's side of the conversation. I think that cinema should be shouldn't be a thing that's streamlined. It's uh, I want to say if I'm not remembering it incorrectly, that's probably one of the things I was taught at film school when I was going to film school. Okay, mm-hmm. that you know it's it's all about interpretation. And so to kind of take away, like, to rail on a specific interpretation is like, it's not, uh, how how do I, now I (laughs) had it going there, but now I lost it. But what what I'm basically trying to say is just because it's different per se or that it's making people feel a little on edge, that doesn't not cinema exactly you know? exactly and you know that i was going to mention this earlier but i think you'd enjoy this as well as a as this film student there's a a really great <coughs> youtube channel called wisecrack and there's a video you should check out about how they talk about how bad movies 
in general, not just certain bad movies. Bad movies are actually brilliant in a certain way. This is a really cool YouTube channel. It's all about the philosophy of different movies, of different characters. It's all about whether something is deep or dumb. Like we've talked about before, they talked about how the last Game of Thrones season was deep or dumb. They gave like their reasons for one or the other. So that's something that you should probably check out if you're interested, Meta. Yeah, like not, I'm not even going to lie. Um, I hate absolutely hate strong words the crap out of sharknado yeah you know what series i'll give it this i respect it as a movie it's entertaining it's not it's not if it entertains people yeah so be it it even made like what five movies six and aren't they going into space too now Well, now they have zombie tidal wave, which we still have to watch. Oh my! God. I'm not watching it. I'm, I'm saying you, that now. You have but, to watch it. But it's still it. cinema. Back to, back, uh, yes. That, back <laughs> to know. my point. It is still cinema. So you have to watch it. It's all about the point of directing is to uh, is to express your ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's all about expression. To again to limit that is just really. It's not. Uh, I don't have the word with me, but I, I think you guys can see what I'm saying. It, it's 100%. not. Yeah. Well, with what uh, Wall said before, and how like directors had more of a chance after being in those blockbusters, right? It also applies to the actors, really. Oh yes, like, that too. Like let's let's put it this way: in the MCU. What would where would Robert Downey Downey Jr. be? That if not for MCU. Example. That is a very Same with example. most of the famous actors who really made really made a lot of money, who really made a lot of good movies after the MCU or whatever company they're at. So that's really it for me. Yeah. What about you, ASAP? Alright, um well going back to the whole MCU thing because that's how this all started, right? Um, I got to agree with what Jose said earlier about, um, you know, the MCU movies, um, how they're not being cinematic. I mean, look, I'm in, I'm in what I call an external fan. I'm not part of, you know, the whole inner circle fan base yeah, when it comes to fan, MCU. But that doesn't mean I'm, you know, d- I'm going to deny the fact that the MCU is not cinematic whatsoever. I mean, first of all, the U in the MCU... I mean, not the U. The, the C in MCU stands yeah, for right. cinematic. <laughs> I had to get the whole letter thing right. Thank you for pointing something yeah. out that nobody was able to obviously point I mean, out. Well, it's the, in the title. The MCU means the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? <laughs> so, you know, there's that. And I'm like, as as an external fan, as I said, I called myself. My favorite um, MCU movie is the one the MCU unfortunately did not ever capitalize on. And that's Edward Norton's The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm back in 2008 i really love that movie especially the way you know the hulk was portrayed mm-hmm. by edward norton and you know to say that the mcu is not cinematic and especially to not call that masterpiece as i would think it is a a um to not call it cinematic i mean that's just very straight up disrespectful and um you know degrading to um those who are uh, superhero fans and just comic book fans in general and, and you know to think that you wouldn't call the mcu cinematic as for the C and it stands for that's also like saying Star Wars isn't cinematic because you know it's not that it's it's not comic book based but still it's you know space lasers exactly and it's, it's science fiction a, it's a little shocking the the language that they've used in in terms of this because listen these filmmakers they don't go into these projects looking to make bad movies 
there are thousands of people that have to come together to get this thing done. There's a lot of work um, that that is done to make movies. I mean, if 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 you know the level of of planning and execution that that's involved in you know scheduling making sure the the actors are there making sure you have the right equipment making sure the lighting is correct the sound design it's the little things there's so much that goes into filmmaking and for them to kind of say you know what it's despicable you're putting down you're putting down Every single person that has ever worked on one of those projects. I must say, Walt, you know? because you just you just brought up um, a good um, point that this is just like when Sophie Turner was talking about the end of the Game of Thrones earlier this year. You know how a lot of people were criticizing it and saying, "Oh, it's it wasn't this mm-hmm. and that." You know what? It you a lot of people may not have liked it. There may be people at this table who did not like it. Um, I didn't I did not agree with the very last episode of Game of Thrones, which was the Iron Throne. But you know what? I totally agree with what Sophie Turner, a.k.a. Uh, Queen Sansa, you know, said that, you know, like she didn't not quote unquote, but she said something around the lines that, you know, to to say that, you know, Game of Thrones is not this, that it should be re rewritten, reshot and whatnot. That is so disrespectful to those who actually put in the work mm-hmm. behind the scenes. To make all of that happen, absolutely may not be the best, but hey, they put in their two cents. Everyone yeah. put in that work, and and they they tried to do a project that in their minds was worthy enough to release, you know, exactly. and and they they put their blood, sweat, and tears in that, you know. So on those levels, you know, to have, and it's not even critics that are saying it. These are people that know the industry; they're in the industry. I, I that's uh, that's a little weird for me. So, one hundred percent. All right, let's let's move on. Let's let's see if we can let's see if we can knock this episode out because we are going way past when we're supposed to be. Seems like um, we always do, but that's turns okay. out. Star Wars. Let's get what? into Star what? Wars. What? Quick. What? 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 Actually, no. So, let's hold off on that. Wait, what's meta? Meta? What's up, meta? What's going well, on? I was just gonna start reading it off. Oh, yeah. let's let's hold off on Star Wars. Let's make that Hold on. the end because that'll tie in with our main topic. Okay, so, so the other one, and then it'll be exactly that. <laughs> exactly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, for those of you guys who are still mourning the death of the Marvel Netflix universe, there is a shred of hope. Punisher star John Bernthal does not have any desire to move off of Frank Castle. I hope he doesn't. And man, awesome. that is so good to hear. What, like what you it? have no idea. What's his phrase? Oh. The penny. Oh, oh, Jesus, what was it? Penny. Penny and dime, something. Yeah, I can't recall. One it. batch, two batch, penny and dime. There you go. Yes. You know? Yes. Best Punisher on screen, easily, ever. So that that whole conversation came out of a of an interview where. Um, they were asking him if if he wanted to get back into the superhero business, whether it be Marvel or DC. And he was like, yeah, you know, listen, uh, I, it's fine. I, I'll, I'll do it, you know. Um, they asked him if he wanted to be a hero villain. Well, even before that, they were, they were saying, you know, it's difficult for me to get in any type of thing because, you know, when they look at me, they say, oh, well, your nose is messed up. You're, you're too rugged. You're too messed up and stuff like that. But, yeah, he's, he's able to find work, right? And so then the question became, well, if you were to go in either to Marvel or DC, 
right? Would you like to be a hero or villain? And he's like, eh, you know, um, I've been doing Punisher for a long time. And, you know, he put out, he was like, you know, Punisher's very, very um loved beloved by the fans mm-hmm. you know they talk about the, the he they speak about issues of military service of you know um PTSD depression ptsd and, and stuff like that and so you know he's got a lot of feedback and a lot of love from people like that and he's like you know what at the end of the day it's frank castle you know if if i had a chance to do it I, I'm not moving off from Frank Castle. You know, Frank Castle is me. I'm Frank Castle. Nice. You know, he became one with the character. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that he was like, I don't, I, you know, it's, it's a shame that we don't have it, but I'm not ready to move on from it. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're getting a Punisher series again. But remember, um, Tom Charlie, Holland. Well, Charlie Cox said he would come, he would be fine to come back everybody pretty much has um it's a two-year period what who didn't was iron fist because nobody liked him very much it's a two-year period that they have to wait and it's interesting because now kevin feige runs all of it right he could could just throw them in if he wants to they 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 basically told um, rumors too that he may yeah exactly daredevil and jessica jones especially i've heard yep and so there there's an avenue for him to come back and maybe that's the reason why he's he's making these comments, you know, subtly to say, "Hey, we're we're still out there, guys. Don't forget about Punisher. Don't forget about Frank Castle and stuff." Um and you see now all the Marvel TV shows being canceled. Cloak and Dagger just being the latest one. Um so Agents of Shield is gone. Marvel Inhumans never got a chance because that thing was pure were garbage. Weren't they supposed to make a Ghost, <laughs> you know, right. make a ghost yeah. Rider spinoff that got canceled as well? Or something like um, that? Yes, what? it was supposed to. It yeah. was supposed to happen mm-hmm. with the same guy that was on. Um, oh my god! Right, Agents no. of Shield. Right, yeah, right. So, but that all leads into the whole fact that you know what? Um, they're restructuring and they're taking live TV, which never had that much of a of a connection to the MCU. It was light at best Mm -hmm. they're going to connect all of that stuff so maybe that's the reason why they're they're shutting down these other shows and maybe they'll bring back the actors from the netflix series they'll reboot the stories but not exactly not the characters maybe necessarily it's kind of it's kind of like the whole the whole star wars legends versus what's canon now you know what i think it's even more more close to um constantine Right, the guy who yes. plays Constantine, his uh, show Matt got canceled, Ryan. and then he got thrust into the other DC television shows. Right, yes, the same actor. It's so, it's, it's so he was so popular. Right, right. so we're thing. we're going along those premises, which could yes. possibly happen again. I'm hoping for it. And then for me, the the thing that makes this uh, even better is because you see actors like Tom Holland fighting for their character. Mm-hmm. The whole Sony Marvel controversy. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that adds a layer of inspiration. So maybe in light of that, maybe these Netflix guys and all these uh, other characters that are getting canceled, they fight for their damn character. Yeah, I would love to see them all come back. I haven't seen uh, Iron Fist Season 2. It's okay. Actually, it's better. It's much better than the first season. I know. And I I think they were all pretty good for the role, though. He might have been the least suited, but he was still not bad. I feel like such a stranger. I'm yet to see any of these Marvel Netflix shows. Dude, if I were you, just watch them before they're gone. Yeah, man. Watch Punisher. Really. I'm really procrastinating. 
Daredevil is great. Daredevil is the best you, of them. You don't necessarily, in my opinion, have to watch any of the other ones. And I couldn't care less about the Defenders. Yeah. The Defenders that to was, me was, that was awful. Ugh. But if you can watch any of them, it's Punisher and Daredevil. And, I, th- and I think especially you enjoy Punisher. Especially, I was going to say Daredevil is is a good one to watch with Punisher because yeah. Punisher is introduced in Daredevil season two, and then he gets his own show. Gotcha. Okay. So if there's Those any the that you're going to watch, why you know, when do these shows like disappear? Because you mentioned before they're gone. Like. Well, I don't oh. think they're going to disappear necessarily. Yeah, they're still Netflix property, I guess. They will, they will so they'll still be streaming stay. on there. Yeah, okay. they'll be on Netflix for, for quite a while. I think I canceled last... No, earlier this year. Earlier, earlier this year. year. But they're not going to pull them because, like you said, it's a Netflix yeah, I gotta original. Time, man. You never mm-hmm. know. It could be another Thanos snap situation, man. <laughs> no you got to be prepared. They'll snap them out of existence. All right. So, let's move on. The other item that we have been holding off on but now are not is the fact... That we have been deceived, people. We have been lied to. These that is are, not an exaggeration. For four are, years. We have been lied to. For four these years. are not the droids you're looking for. Except that they was a lie. <laughs> yeah. Except they were. So, the Jedi never lies. Apparently, the Jedi is exactly where McGregor, he means to be. In dropping the first details on Obi Wan, admitted to the fact that he has been deceiving us for the past four years. He knew all along that this was going to be happening. I mean, how could they not, honestly? With the I way mean, that he's about the character, like you said, with Tom Holland, that same enthusiasm. I can kind of get it from a, a marketing standpoint, a very douchey marketing standpoint. Disney but, would murder him if he said half anything. A decade. Yeah, I know. That's Four years is a little long to be like lying. Hey, are you doing this? No. Hey, are you doing this? Uh, no. As opposed to The Rock and his Black Adam Yeah, movie. that's, that's yeah. also not very good. But, yeah. He, now, he announced it like 20 years ago, right? It's been a long time, and now it's finally being supposedly filmed this coming year. Right? Yes. Early this coming Production year. Production starts soon. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, that's that in a nutshell, really. Right. I mean, what is there anything else you guys want to, like, harp on? Like, I mean, that's... Pretty cut and dry. I like you and McGregor, or you and McGregor as Obi Wan. That's all I gotta say. I'm just happy to see that the show is finally being made, and yeah. hopefully we get a little bit of history. Maybe we'll see his Darth Maul rematch in the show. It's actually a young Kenobi, I believe. Younger? No, it's after Return of the Jedi. Oh, it is. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, 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 it's no, not Return of the Jedi. After Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm after sorry. Revenge of the Sith. Whoa! I take <laughs> that's hella old. You and McGregor's yes. gotten real old. Dude. I am so sorry for that. It is after Revenge of the Sith. Okay. I am going to leave now. All right. Yes. And Return of the Jedi. He was a ghost back then, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sorry. No, it is after Revenge of the Sith. Um, it's going to. We may see. Lars, you know, we see Uncle Owen again. Oh, yeah, yeah, played by um, the same guy that played what the hell? He's like really famous now, and he wasn't that famous. Yes, when he, he was, was in, in he was in Warrior. Um, oh my gosh, he's also now Joel Edgerton, movie, so. right? Yes, 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 Edgerton. Him. Joel he's Edgerton is playing um, Uncle Ben is, is playing uh, yeah, Uncle Ben. I was gonna mm-hmm. say, or Uncle Owen. I was Uncle gonna Owen. say, oh, yeah, yeah, Uncle Owen. Uncle I was gonna Owen. say the guy in Black Mask, the Whitey Bulger film, but I don't think anyone really watched that. But yeah, actually, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I remember him being that. I didn't see it, but Johnny I know. Depp was Whitey Bulger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Ewan McGregor is the Black Mask <laughs> in uh, Birds of Prey, the Emancipation. Did you just say Uncle ben? 
He said it, not me. What? He, you did not he know that? He was in the no, trailer. I did not know that. I didn't trailer. know he was the Black Mask. He is playing the Black Mask character in Birds yeah. of Prey and what? the the something emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yeah, that, that woman. The emancipated. Well, I don't know what the hell it's called. He was in the trailer. Wait, what's yes, black? The fantabulous. Yes, but I never saw yeah, the black, Wait, mask, black mask, which is basically the staple of this character. Well, yeah, but I think they talked about it after the trailer dropped. That, Wait, what's happened. black mask? What? He's only he's only the most notorious mobster in Gotham. What's a mobster? Moving he just, on. He just said it. He just said it. He he is one level the equivalent above. of a gangster. Oh, Carmen Falcone. He's oh, yes. Man. Speaking of Johnny Depp, even though it's not really Johnny Depp, I'll slip in some other news that I saw the other day. Just because apparently they're rebooting Pirates of the Caribbean. If anybody cared, let's move on. Oh, that's cool. Let's talk yeah, about barely cool. Let's talk about Avengers Wait. Damage Control. Tell us about it. Yes, the main topics news segment yes. is. Let's over. get into it already. Let's do it. Okay. Was so, like an hour later? Yeah, I know. Gosh, I don't even want to look at the timestamp right now. Um, let's get this really quick. Avengers Damage Control. We got a chance to go see it. Now, well, not see it. Experience Experience it. it. So for anybody that doesn't know, um, there's a company out there called The Void. Uh, Asa Balrog actually knew about this a year ago yeah. because he actually did their Star Wars experience. Secrets of the Empire. Yep. Uh, it was like you and two to three other people go to Mustafar to um, help but out the Rebel they, Alliance. How do they get to Mustafar? They, so just so that everybody knows, the void is a virtual reality yes. experience. You feel and you feel and smell everything. You, you feel yourself getting shot by a blaster bolt. You, you smell popcorn in, from Walt's experience at the void. You, um, you feel the heat. And the rain. And the rain. And the wind. Yes. So all your senses are in motion. Let me put let me put it to you this way, because for for a lot of people, their only VR experiences have been either the PlayStation 4 VR experience or if you've gone to different stores, Microsoft has their VR. Um, face, Facebook has their own VR. Oh, by the way, not to cut Oculus. you not to cut you off, mm -hmm. but um Secrets of the Empire, the VR experience at the void, it's mm -hmm. actually a prequel to Vader Immortal. Episode yeah. one, and of course, Vader Immortal episode two. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's just the whole story thing going on. Yeah. So, with those VR experiences, those are those are experiences that are meant to be, well, experienced sitting down. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about the PlayStation, oh, yeah. the yeah, yeah, Oculus, the, console, yeah. the consoles, and for a lot of people, that's what VR is for them. This is not that. So the void, the one that we went to, and I think the one that you went to was in California, and that's and more of a Disney. physical right. physical location. The one that we went to this year, um, it happened to be a pop-up uh, experience that was located under one World Trade Center in Manhattan. And so what it is is this big, giant box located in the Oculus uh, and that's not the VR, but that's the building that houses one World Trade Center. Um, that place, you go over there. Now, it's only by reservation because when we were there, there were people that came in and were very, very curious at what, as what this thing was. And they were like, well, I'm sorry, but we're booked. Um, you can come back four or five days from now. 
uh, and see if you can make a reservation or go online and make a reservation because you're not going to get in here until that. That's how booked it was. Um, it's an experience where you have a 20-pound backpack which houses most of the computer po components on it. Yes. Okay. Um, now, it's, it's heavy, but the way they strap you into it you know, it's it's pretty. The weight is pretty well distributed, and you need it because you're actually going to be walking through this compound mm -hmm. with the VR glasses on. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, so this is pretty much the same experience as what I went through. Absolutely. With, um, at the void in absolutely. downtown Disney. Absolutely. And you have to screw your yeah. your things right. in and stuff yeah. like that. It's heavy. So, for the VR experience, um, the first thing you do is obviously you go and you sign in a waiver and stuff, and then you wait. For a little bit. Now, they're pretty good with their reservation times. We had a 12-15 res, and we got in there within that a five-minute, you know, time frame. You know, we didn't have to wait that long. We did have to wait a little bit. Once we were, were called, um, they had lockers on, on the premises if you had coats and things of that nature. But once the thing started, we had one of the cast members come, and they whisked us away into a briefing room. And... We were shown a very short film with um, Shuri. Shuri from the MCU fame. And it's the actual actress, and she was there. And, of course, she's giving you the backdrop on wh what you're going to be doing. You're supposed to be there in Wakanda under the pretext that you have this prototype armor, and it's Iron Man armor with a Wakandan take to it. Okay. Okay. So everybody's okay. given. So when you're there, you're given uh, an iPad, and then you can pick out which armor you're going to use. And basically, it's the same armor. It's just male and female, and it's different colors. But that's so what this it is, is pretty much like the same intro with Secrets of the Empire. Oh, because it's exactly for, for the, the same. For the Secrets of the Empire intro, it was uh, Cassian Andor who was briefing you. Mm-hmm. As fulcrum, and then you get to approach the tablet and you design uh, your stormtrooper armor. I don't think they change their experience as much. Mm -hmm. I think it's just the content that they do. So it's it's. I'm pretty sure everything that I'm gonna tell you, you probably you probably you know experienced exactly because I think they have a formula and they kind of stick to it, right? <laughs> so once that's over, you know. Especially during the film, there's some there's something that goes wrong and stuff, and you know you're like, oh well, we need your help. We you have the prototype armor that can help us. What better way than to test it out in the field? We got let out. We given we're given our VR equipment, and then we're put into a room. Um, at that point, the cast member is making sure that all the equipment is there and it's working. Calibrated it. Um, everything's calibrated, and then you flip down the visors. And you are transported into the MCU. That room, okay. that room becomes an elevator yes. that takes you down into the Wakandan facility. And damn it, if I didn't feel like I was actually in an elevator, I okay. felt like I was about to fall, like yeah, literally there were a few times. four stories down. And there is a point where you are transported afterwards to Greenwich Village to go. Um, and visit with Doctor Strange. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. And there is a point where you have to walk downstairs. Now, I flipped up the visor a couple of times. We were walking in circles, but it felt like when you put those visors down, it felt like you were actually walking down, yeah, down it, into the place. It was okay. circular, circular right. stairs going down. And I swear, when I looked down, 
I touched the railing, and you could actually touch it. When I looked down, I swear I was, I thought I was about to be pushed off or something. Scared me. So Benedict, ben, Benedict Cumberbatch is there, and he reprises his role, as does uh, Evang- Evangeline Lilly yeah. and Paul Rudd. Wasp. Okay, and then um, there are facsimiles of the other characters, which includes Spider-Man, Thor, Hulk. um, Who else was there? Captain Marvel. Everyone but Iron Man. Yes, everybody's there. Okay, okay, Mm -hmm. but they didn't get the actors for some of the bigger ones, I guess. But they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good. I'm not super worried about that. Exactly. I mean, when when Spider-Man was there, you know, it felt like you were talking to Tom Holland. So they they got pretty good actors to kind of mimic it. Um, It's a little bit different from the Star Wars experience because I know the Star Wars experience, you actually have a blaster in hand. This one, it uses... um, sensors that are built into the vr so your weapons are your hands so the way you do it is you extend one of your hands to shoot if you want to do a charged shot you extend both of your hands or you do the shield first that or charges it you up. can do the shield which is yeah. you raising your hands upwards in like a a blocking like manner boxing and motion like or a boxing motion boxing block which then creates a shield, and then anything that hits it, you're just building up kinetic energy to shoot that that blast. Yeah. The Wakandan twist. Right, exactly. So, I mean, and I think it makes sense because, you know, you're a superhero. You don't want to be walking around with blasters. You actually want to be able to mimic superhero idness and stuff. If you're Iron Man, of course. Exactly. So um, that was really well done. Uh, there was a point where we got shrunk by Ant-Man. Yeah. Oh, That's right. and we were near like popcorn. Oh, God. It was and so oh. the smell like of the popcorn smell. was, was uh, even my wife, she was like, why does it smell like popcorn? And uh, there's like a big piece, a kernel of popcorn right in front of us. And she's like, oh. I swear I got so hungry right there and then. So you get. I love popcorn. You get. Yes. You get the sense of flying because you're you're put into a, a Quinjet, so to speak, right? Yes. No, well, it's more of a shuttle, but... Eh, and and then the doors were open on the side, and you could actually move the ship and shoot drive through it. the windows. Yeah. But there were doors on the side. Well, not really doors because... And a full 360-degree view. Yeah. So. It, there were holes on the side, like a whole door, I guess. A doorway. A doorway that had really no door. and But if you got close to it, you could feel wind, like actual wind. And the craziest thing is that that particular thing, so when we walked in, there was two at a time in each each shuttle or whatever you want to call it. And so um, I think I went. you guys went together, right? No, oh, no you I went, was with you. Okay, you were with me and you were with mom, right? Yeah. And so they went in first, so they were to our right-hand side. And at some point during the fight, their ship flies over us, and they're on the left-hand side. And if you look left, there they are. But in reality, they're to our right. But you wouldn't have noticed that because that's how immersive the VR was. And when you saw them, it looked like they were actually super far. Like, if you tried going... Like, I was so scared that if I tried stepping next to Dad and Andre, Meta. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Dad and Meta, I thought I might actually fall off the ship. Yeah. 
you had your flying Iron Man armor, you would have been okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the other You're thing. funny. So there's a lot of shooting. Right, whatever. You're shooting a fall. lot of droids. You're shooting yeah, a lot of I want to talk about that metal story. men. You 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 oh, end wait, up I fighting. Can't. Damn it. Yeah, you can. Oh, I can. Yeah, oh, okay, can. sure. Because it's it's been all over the news. If you read an article, it's been, the the big bat at the end is Ultron. And so there's okay. this big huge battle at the very end and stuff. Yes. And um, you know, at, and many so, Ultron clones. Oh, there's there's tons of them all over the place. Good. And you get a score at the end. Who won? Well, um, do you want to say I who did? Won? You definitely did. Yeah, not. you didn't. I was team leader. Thank you very much. Um, you had the highest score? Yes, I was. Well, so I nice. had the highest accuracy. And I had the most kills. I had the most kills. No, you didn't. You weren't even close, bro. What? No, you didn't. You actually. I'm pretty sure. I had double what you had. Dad actually did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But I had more. I had double dad. There's a reason why I was team leader. Did you guys buddy. have 6,000 kills? All right, but at least I got the 15 kill kills a game. I, I don't think so. Final kill shot. So there you go. Okay, if you're gonna take credit for something. <laughs> so it it was a very good experience. It's the first time I had that type of experience. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it was about 18 minutes, and the cast member that I spoke to afterwards said that that is their longest running um, experience. The Star Wars thing is a little bit shorter than that. Um, now, if you're gonna go do this Marvel thing, you better run out and get there fast because I believe it leaves. Uh, in November 15th, on November 15th, um, that's the one in Manhattan. Now, she did say that they were looking to see if they can get a more permanent site, and that's something that they were looking to do within the next four to six months. How much were the tickets out of curiosity? And now, see, that's where it's going to, that's where it's going to, that's where the rubber hits the road, okay? Because I think this is something that if you're a Marvel fan, you really, really need to go do it because you're going to. It's like living in a comic book. I mean, there is no other way to say it. You are living, breathing in the MCU at that point. It's $40 a ticket. That's not that bad, actually. If not you consider that, that a 3D movie is like almost 30 bucks these days. True. And then you consider all the popcorn and stuff. Like you said, you're going over 40 bucks per person. But you do, you do have to realize this is an 18-minute excursion. No, I get it. So for for a lot of people that's gonna that's gonna price them out. Um I think they have they have a formula and they do it really well. And I, I wanna get um ASAP's thoughts on his Star Wars experience because that's the other thing I wanted to do and I think they're running concurrently at the same time. Um but it was forty dollars so if you're talking about a family of four, you're you're probably, you're spending at least hundred and seventy three dollars, hundred and seventy five with tax included and stuff. Hey, that's not easy for a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? So I think um the demand is there. I think they'd be better well served to see if they maybe drop the prices a little bit and make it a little bit more accessible to some of the Marvel fans out there. I think that goes a long way. But again, I'm not running that business, so I'm not saying anything. But, and mm-hmm. shout out to the kid who came across us after. Yes, there was a little British boy who was waiting dutifully outside. And when we came out, he was like, oh, um, how was your experience? <laughs> and that's my that's my version of a bad British accent. The kid was cute, man. Damn it, if I if if there's nothing, 
uh, I can say about that. Harry Potter. Yes, uh, little little tiny Tim, you know. Uh, Indeed. Oliver Twist and the whole nine yards. Um, he had done the Star Wars experience, and he was very impressed. And he was getting, he was looking for our feedback for the Marvel thing. And I said, "Dude, just go in, <laughs> just go in." You know, sounds very, very interesting, and I am more intrigued by it because I didn't know much about it until then. Yes, like I said, it's eighteen minutes, eighteen, eighteen, twenty minutes. If, if, um, like I said, it can be a little bit pricey if you if you're thinking about the the length that you're there. But I think at the very end, if you really are a fan of the MCU, um, it's totally worth it. And video games it sounds like a really cool Absolutely. video game experience. You know, but. I have a problem. All right. What? My only problem is that there have been illusions in the movies that Ultron is still kicking. Is this how that's going to get rewarded? Maybe. This, and that's it? I will say this. I will find that very disappointing. This is not canon. Okay, so then. Just, just so you know. Okay. Yeah, Ultron, Ultron never dies in the comics. He's a computer. Because I was about to say, if that's what the big payoff was. No, 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 no. This is not like you 18 minutes to kill Ultron. That's no, no. Can't. Yeah. No, actually, it took much less than that. Well, you know, it, it took yeah. it took us 17 minutes to get there. And a guy that was only born yesterday. Yeah. 60 seconds of battle against Ultron. There's no way. Yeah. We did have help at that point. It was all hands on deck on your left. Mm-hmm. Right. He was not there. Captain America wasn't there. He was no. in that movie. He was? Yeah, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. In, in, no. in the VR thing? Oh, no. he was, Captain America wasn't in the VR. You're, okay. You're right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Falcon was there. I was talking Falcon about was Age there. of Ultron, the movie. No. Well, obviously, okay. it's an Avengers I hope so. Movie, you know what I'm saying? Cool. No, but uh, he wasn't in the VR experience. No, he wasn't. Him and Iron Man were... Were not th- and Black Black Widow wasn't there. And Hulk. No, Hulk, the Hulk, was Hulk was there. there. Hulk was there. The Hulk was oh, yeah. there. So basically, everybody oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, he had a big role. Everybody that died or got written out is was not in the experience. Hulk as they wasn't well, there either. I was. Hawkeye was I there. I want to say was that he, he wasn't, okay. but that's honestly a character I would miss. I remember Thor was there. I remember Hulk was there. I remember Captain Marvel was there. But yeah, so. There was a, it was it was an interesting experience. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that we cleared that up though. Seriously, not canon. Cool. All right, so let's let's move on to things that are canonical, like Galaxy's Edge. Well, maybe. Why don't we do the do trailer know. first? Because a trailer did drop this week. A very interesting trailer. A trailer that is related to Galaxy's Edge. A trailer for The Rise of Skywalker, which, ironically enough, came during a Jet game that nobody wanted to watch. I don't blame anybody for not wanting to watch there that were actually, game. There was actually a Twitter storm afterwards. I saw some of it. Um, a 33 to nothing jet wipeout at the hands of the Patriots, and you had to endure that just to watch the Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And I am a Jets fan, but you know what? Um, that was tough. 
That was really tough. But anyway. It was one of the hardest games I've ever had to watch. Yes, it was. And and it made it harder knowing that we had to stay watching it if we wanted to watch The Rise of Skywalker right away. Um, what do you guys think of the, the trailer? One thing that I found very interesting, and Walt pointed this out to me, is that potentially the dagger of Mortis was in that. And that's very interesting because we have another instance of a Clone Wars peripheral Star Wars content item coming into the mainstream movies. And Rebels was represented as well because the the part where they showed the Resistance Armada. There's like a million ships there, yeah. Mm -hmm. One of them being the Ghost. Mm -hmm. And the Corvus. And the Corvus. And the Hammerheads... From the older, the older, the older shows, um, there's a lot of fan service in this in this film. There's a lot, of, and surprisingly, there's a lot of answers that were given that was given in this trailer. That, that the the armadas that they showed in the trailer actually is kind of one of my only. I'll say this with air quotes gripes because I don't know how I feel about it yet. Um, it looks interesting, but I want to wait until the movie like to really reserve my judgment. Where do they get all of this crap? Literally, like, they, they had, like, six people in the Resistance in the last movie left. Well, now they have well, an entire fleet. I think you're going to have a time jump. That's probably true. Know. But still, not only that. And the New Republic may be involved, too, this time. And, 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 and like, the amount of, even though that's an awesome shot, like, those starters, even, the, how did they, all those Star Destroyers just show up, dude? Well, we have some theories on Maybe that. Maybe it's Thrawn. No, I don't know. We have some theories on that. We okay. were talking about that. I, I, I prefer the D23 uh, trailer over this final trailer. But honestly. let me tell you something. See, especially with that. that one um that one screenshot we discussed last time. Yeah, with the Star Ooh, Destroyers. Yeah. We have three new planets. Three confirmed new planets. The first one is a planet called Asian Kloss. That's the jungle planet that um, you that saw Ray running through. Okay, that's probably a resistance base. It's like the beginning of the trailer. We much like around. much like Yavin Four. We have the oceanic uh -huh. moon of Endor. No, we don't. It's not an oceanic moon. I thought no, they it's said not. it was a moon. It's a moon, but not for Endor. So, but it's an oceanic moon. Yeah, yes, that could it be. Is. So, w before yeah, I get it was into the forest that, moon, right? Before forest, I get the forest into moon that. vendor, that's where we had our last. Yes, week. before we get into that, the icy, the icy planet that you see. Oh, that looks cool. Where that, the Tie Fighters were flying at. Yes, that has a name to it also. Um, and let me find it for you right now because I want to make off. sure that that's a beautiful shot. Just while you're looking that up, that is visually that's one of my favorite parts of that trailer. Like the it's seeing the Tie Fighters flying towards it's it. Not, what's it called? Yeah, it looks it's, really cool. It's called Kijimi. I'm sorry, what? Kijimi. Kimmel. <laughs> Jimmy. Or no, a lot of Timmy. people. A lot of people <laughs> are speculating that that is where your homeboy. Emperor Palpatine is hanging out because if you look at the throne room, the throne room is seems to be in a a place where there's a lot of ice. And I the throne, just so that you know, the throne is concept art for the original trilogy where they were going to have the emperor sitting on that throne. Oh, yeah, it's original quarry art. Exactly, the new throne that's in this one. Oh, hold on, it looks really that cool. That's a cool detail, I think, too. So there's some cool details in this trailer that I so really enjoyed. This ice planet 
is the actual planet, but the oceanic moon is the moon to that planet? No. Yeah, no. Okay, you, you need to clarify that for me. I think it will well, be clarified soon. We don't know that soon. much yet about all this. Well, the oceanic planet has a name. Yeah, Kef's beer, something like that? Kimmy. Yeah, Kef's beer. Kef's beer. Kef's beer, yeah. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, that's not Endor, which right. everybody ex- speculated. How the um, hell did Death Star get there? Exactly. No, no, not and even that. No, when the Death how Star did, blew up. How are there pieces yeah. of the Death Star? Because I think you were the one yes. that sent me the, the thing. It, Nuclear fireball. It got disintegrated, <laughs> it got man. disintegrated. Now, the question is, if that's not Endor or has nothing to do with Endor, how in the world did those pieces of the Death Star? Now, Listen, maybe it's a big I have it's a theory. A big explosion. Maybe it got flung out to the to the outer reaches of these planets and maybe it just happened to land there. Uh it's gonna take a little bit of you know explanation on how it got there. Maybe it's not real. That or maybe the force nexus preserved it. Maybe it's not real. Yeah. Could be. That or um, this is a very far out theory. Oh god, here we go. But what if the Emperor, as he made the ghosts of the emperor, Empire and the Imperial Fleet, and... What, whoa, what? What ghosts of the Imperial Fleet? Remember I told you about this? So what's going to happen is the Imperial Fleet is going to come back. It's going to be his army with the Star Destroyers and everything. Remember that Star Destroyer march? Okay, I didn't know you were actually... Okay, wait. So now you're saying actual dead stormtroopers are going to rise? Force ghosts. But that's not possible. You have to be a force user to become okay. a force ghost. Well, he raises them. That's what I told you, remember? Necromancer. I thought you were just talking about the ship self-piloting you're talking themselves. talking about like, reanimating the stormtroopers? Yes. Like I, actual I re- force necromancer? I remember it yes. seemed like he was controlling all of them. Well, actually, like, actually, like this theory, and that's against to all these theories. But I actually like a theory that Walt brought up earlier. It had to do with um a character who is canon as um part of the book Aftermath. Yes. Um, her name is Grand Admiral Ray Sloan, and I'm glad oh. he brought this up because I totally forgot about her. Right now, Grand yeah, Admiral. That's Ray why Sloan, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> Grand Admiral uh, Ray Sloan. She has such a. And we're not talking about Ray, like the Ray from Jakku. Ray. We're talking about Ray Sloan. You know. Uh, a, a notorious R- imperial battle. Yes. yes. Not R Y E. You know, it's coming from you know, humble origins in the Republic and going to the Naval Academy mm-hmm. and everything and then rising through the Imperial ranks. She made it to Grand Admiral. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. tough, especially that, you know, for you know, a woman in a male dominated empire. Yep. She she's still human, but you know, as a female. And, you know, like Thrawn, she is a minority. You know, Thrawn is a a, a Excuse me, a species minority because it's humanocentric, mm-hmm. and she made. They both made it to the rank of Grand Admiral, and they commanded these entire fleets. Now, Walt was saying that that could possibly grant be Grand Admiral Ray Sloan returning um, from the unknown regions. Right. Part part of her story is that when um, the Empire fell, yeah, um, she was I totally forgot about that. And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Emperor. Um, it seems like, especially toward the end, he wasn't actually really running the empire. He, no, he was, was just kind of—he was kind of figurehead, and he was letting everybody else do it because he was obsessed, right, with this greater power that was somewhere out in the universe. 
you know, and I, I, I was it in the outer regions or something. Space like whales. That? Space whales. Yeah, Space maybe. Whales. But he, but there was this obsession that he had with this greater power, and he needed to know. And so that was really more his focus. Yeah, he had more important things on his agenda, such as attaining immortality. Right. Exactly. Military operations were the least of his concerns. So when the empire fell, um, part of his fleet was instructed to leave and go f- seek out that power. Ray Sloan was the commander of that fleet. Now, that fleet eventually, in, in canonical terms, that fleet eventually was the thing that gave rise to the First Order. Part of that fleet was part of those commanders. They kind of splintered off and began the First right. Order out in the outer regions. I believe General Hux's father was one of those yes. OG commanders. You, I could, you could be absolutely right. I'm Knowing all sure. of this, I love this theory so far. You know. Continue. So, um, you know, she was still obsessed with finding it. Now, if you look at the trailer, there's a part where you see a Star Destroyer rising up from an icy grave or something like that. Again, that planet, that icy planet that we're talking about. Again, a planet where if you look at the throne room, it seems like it kind of blends in with that environment. That's the Emperor's planet. Kimji. Kim. Kai Jimmy. It sounds like kimchi. Yeah, I know. It's like kimchi. Kimchi fried. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, there's a thought that, you know what, that 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 armada that Ray Sloan took out there has been waiting and waiting for the right moment to rise back up again. And this could this could be it, you know what I'm saying? So maybe maybe we do see Ray Sloan. Maybe we don't. Maybe there's a mention of her. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some flashbacks. Star Wars isn't really good with flashbacks, you know. Um, if she is in, in the movie, though, I just wonder who her actress will be. Exactly. So because she must so have to do a phenomenal job. There's so many things that this, this, this trailer, you know, introduced. And it, for me, it seems really out of character because J.J. Abrams is so known for being very secretive on his sets. There was a lot of information in this trailer. I almost didn't want to see it afterwards. Misdirection, you know maybe he does that in his trailers it, as well. It could be, but you know what? We you can you can surmise that um, you know we we saw some characters that we hadn't seen before. Rose was there. Um, the guy from uh, Lord of the Rings, Don, Dom, Dominic, Dominic Monaghan. Monaghan, Carrie Russell's character. He was there. Zora Bliss. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Zora Bliss, who is supposed to be um, uh, either. She's attached to Poe Dameron somehow. Yeah, they think it's a possible romantic connection. Right, exactly. Who knows? It'll probably go deeper than that. Uh, Jana, which is, which may or may not be Lando's kid. Who knows? Uh, you know, people speculate about that. A lot of people think that that oceanic planet, Kasbir, that's her home planet. You know, there was her running on the deck of a star destroyer on ho- space horses. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of stuff in this trailer that, you know what, there was almost a part of me afterwards like, I, I didn't want to see any of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There was major sport. Just the fact that we saw both Kylo and Rey destroying the, sh- the shrine of Vader. Yes. Maybe uh, that wasn't real either, though. I have a feeling I, that some I, of these scenes might actually be some sort of force projection. 
reason reason being one you cannot logically explain how the hell the Death Star got I, there, but the Death Star can be some physical representation that the Emperor wants to project as where he where he is. I'm going and that to, that room that they destroyed Darth Vader's armor in. Why does it look different from every room ever in Star? Why it almost it looked like it was in Camino. It was dreamlike. It, it looked like Camino. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's the only other example lo- you can think that of. That of the tentative four. And and so there's a rumor Five. out there that a lot of a lot of the the troopers that um, guarded Palpatine and and some of the troopers that are part of the first first order they're clones. And it's the possible. the the totally possible. the fact that you have a scene that looks like Camino, which is where the clone army grew up, right? That's where they were made. You know, it, it has some credence to those rumors. I am telling you this right now for all the people that said that Kylo cannot be redeemed. I am telling you this 100%. The name of this uh, movie, The Rise of Skywalker, it's all about Kylo. I am telling you right now, Kylo Ren is going to be the one that uh, that's redeemed. At the very end, you're going to see him without the mask. Now, whether he lives or dies, I have no idea. But I know at the very end, you're going to have both him and Rey fighting side by side. I'm telling you that right now. Especially if you have a much bigger bad in the form of the of the Emperor. Yep. But I feel like that would kind of be like underwhelming for a Star Wars finale. Well, listen. A lot well, of a lot of movies killing the emperor. Yeah, but a lot of movies and a lot of series have trouble sticking the landing. Yeah, so but that like, wouldn't be usually. I find movies where the bad guy and the good guy finally work together. I find it kind of corny. Oh, really? What about when Goku teamed up with Frieza? That was corny. What about when What about when Superman and Batman teamed up to defeat Doomsday? What do you think of that? Batman's not a bad guy. They're both good guys. He was the, they were <laughs> neither one of them was the bad guy in they that were, movie. They were fighting each other. That movie just sucked. It had nothing to do with the bad guy and the good guy coming together. I don't think it's underwhelming. I think it's actually love- a good way to end it because it 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 plays with the idea that Star Wars uh, George Lucas's original intention that Star Wars is kind of like a poem that repeats itself well, in three acts. You you see this is a good way to tie it to Return of the Jedi without making it exactly I'm, like Return of the Jedi, at least in my opinion. I'm more of a person who doesn't like happy endings for good who movies. Who says we're going to get a happy ending? That no one has connotated that. Okay, but I'm one of those people who really don't like team-ups. Like, team-ups are like... Well, you Weird. know what? That was the episode nine trailer. We could go on and on with that, with theories and whatnot, as with Star Wars in general. But, you know, that's that. That's the final trailer for episode nine. The last glimpse we get at. I, I don't want to see the, anymore. Exactly. The thing that, question, the thing that questions me, Just though, right for December 20. That's is why yeah. is Kylo specifically destroying Darth Vader's temple? Especially they both are. Because that's his I granddad. Mean, Shrine, Shrine, you know that Kylo looks up to Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. That is quite a 180. Not so, anymore. So. He wants to destroy the past. That includes Darth Vader. But. Always, always drawn to the light. We should, we should not get too theory heavy on He's this. He's going to the light side. And maybe. Maybe move on to some, to, to. Another wonderful topic. About something something more you, tangible that you've you experienced, my good, my good sir, Mr. Balrog. Transitioning from Star one Wars part of the Star universe <laughs> in Star Wars to another, 
Hey, Balrog, where have you been the last couple of weeks? Hey, man, so, you know, I, along with, you know, Ambassador Bugatti, we went to the, to the planet in the western reaches known as Batu. And uh, there's, a, there's an outpost, just like on Tatooine, you have Mos Eisley and Mos Aspa. And Batu, there's the planet, planet, on the planet Batu, there's this place known as Black Spire Outpost. <laughs> the planet within a planet. There's this place <laughs> called Black Spire Outpost, and uh, it's, um, it's basically what makes up Galaxy's Edge at, at Disneyland. So yeah, I was in California. <laughs> <laughs> Long story yeah. short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I love the dramatization there, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you know, reality check. I went. I was in California for two weeks, and uh, you know, I was caught up with um, my family over there. We, uh, you know, we spent time together and whatnot. Oh, and I'll say it again. Happy, happy birthday! Thank even you. though it was a little while back, but happy belated Thank once you. again. As I would give you a cake, but you'd burn it. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And, and and same to Walt because his birthday was the three days after mine. Indeed. And Your so, cake won't burn. <laughs> so on. Um, I wish you a happy birthday. So. <laughs> and mom's <Yes>. birthday. <laughs> so it was on October sixteenth, uh, two thousand nineteen. Uh, my cousin. And I, yeah, my cousin and mm-hmm. I. We went to Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, <laughs> and um, I want to start off by saying Galaxy's Edge is divided into three sections. Right, you have the Resistance side, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have the First Order side, okay. and in the middle you have the Marketplace. That's like the neutral side. Okay. Right. And Galaxy's Edge is a pretty small place. The um, what, what do you call this? The Millennium Falcon, which is the ride um, that you know everyone talks about. It's um like to the northeast of the market, so it's somewhat on the neutral side. Mm-hmm. And Ogus Cantina is more so on the first order side. Okay. Right. So let me let me ask you a question. I asked this before, but I want to I want to bring it up so our listeners can can kind of figure out how this fits within Disney itself. Mm-hmm. It is not a separate park, right? No, it is not. Um, there is no... So once you enter Disney... A ticket into Disneyland is basically a ticket to Galaxy's Edge as well. Okay. It's connected to Fantasyland, I believe. So, um, you know, you have all these different, you know, themes mm-hmm. within Disneyland. And Galaxy's Edge is just uh, a little far off past the, the castle. So one of the questions that I asked you when when I heard that was um, prior to the opening of, of Galaxy's Edge, there was this concern that there was going to be too many too many people trying to get in, which I don't think oh, was not the case. This right? was not the case at all. Um, so I, I was a little perplexed because I'm like, well, you know, they were going to cordon it off and I guess that's what they would have had to have done. Right. Um, because originally the plan was you get a ticket to Galaxy's edge. You can only stay there for four hours and oh, then you no. got to get out. It was not like that at you know all. We spent saying? like almost half a day there. Okay. <laughs> so there, there was no real true way of cordoning off no. that park. Right. No. So they would have had to concoct something there must have been there must have been like a security checkpoint when it first opened to like you know limit the amount of people visiting batu okay but it was nothing like that at all and anyone could just freely walk in or walk out of galaxy's Mm. edge without a problem and um so it wasn't busy right not not busy busy but you know it was still busy for disney standards but not not to the point where it was like overpopulated to the point that it's so congested you can't walk around so you could enjoy it basically there was yeah there was foot traffic but not too much that you know it was overwhelming. You don't even want to be there at that point. Exactly. Gotcha. Uh-huh. And um, what's interesting is that there were no signs pointing um, to Galaxy's Edge. There was no signs that said, oh, Galaxy's Edge this way. There was no signs whatsoever. You had to figure it out on your own. That's kind of You're surprising. 
that's a for, good for thing, a new actually. event though but actually that's that's part of the the lore of that place because um and and so you gotta find it you gotta like you gotta find it to and find all it. the writings and the, all the writings around yes. are in arabesh i was about to say that arabesh, uh, which there is, is to know your star wars to find yeah. it there is no no signs pointing to the restroom there's no signs pointing to the merchandise shop no, you have to figure it out on your own <laughs> exactly they they were and so re- like visiting another country. Well, but that's but that's space. That's the whole point that that's they wanted point, yeah. to do that's it. Dope. They wanted that's they cool. wanted to make it a place where it wasn't like an amusement park. They wanted to make it a place that existed in Star Wars lore and in that universe. Mm-hmm. And what's the best way to kind of take you out of it is by putting signs. Oh, the bathroom, the men's bathroom is this way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, yeah. I thought that was really cool, right? <laughs> Yeah, Galaxy's Edge has its pros and cons, and you know, um, I have my list of cons in regards to Galaxy's Edge. But you know what? Starting off with the good stuff, I want to say that once um I was you know entering Galaxy's Edge, going, I actually film, I actually recorded it or filmed it. I mm-hmm. sent it to Walt. He has a video. I can actually put some stuff bit. up on the screen. You, you see, I'm I saw gonna, a little bit of it earlier. I think. I just have a quick question. question. Yeah, I'm gonna put yes. some of those videos up on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, sometime during the week. I would actually like to show you guys as we're discussing possibly. Yes, go ahead. Given that. You have to figure everything out. Mm-hmm. This is just going to sound really dumb, but I mm-hmm. found it really funny when Go I ahead, thought shoot. about it. How much confusion was there and how much screaming was there when men walked into the women's restroom? Because <laughs> yeah, you don't know which restroom is which. I had that struggle. I had that struggle. I had to get my translator out to like figure out like, which one is the women's, which one is the men's. Do they tell you to right. use that when you're there? They don't. They, they do not. <laughs> so you have to know that ahead of time. Either you, yeah, you know it or you don't. So basically, what you have to do is, if you're going to Galaxy's Edge, you have to download the Disney app, right? You don't is have. It? You don't have to. Well, because I, I agree with um my cousin's boyfriend who was there. He, okay. he's one of the people who works at Disney, right? He was um he was saying that, and I agree with him that the fact that you have to download a freaking app, even though it's free to download, mm-hmm. and just to somewhat enjoy an experience there at Disney, it's it's kind of sucks. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and I agree with that too. Because know? I'm like, why why do I have to download an app just to have somewhat of a good experience, you know, at Galaxy's Edge? Why can't I enjoy for what it is? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's what I tried to do. I I did not really use the translator much. Okay. I, I really did not. So what I did was in regards to the whole bathroom thing. You just um, kinda there were people who were like, Oh my god, I'm in the wrong bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> like, oh I'm sorry, I thought this was gender neutral. Um but um I to avoid that, I just did the old school way and asked the locals, excuse me, do you know where the bathroom is? <laughs> and, you know, I asked the, the local, like, marketplace vendors, and they pointed me in the right direction. So thank, thanks to them. Yeah, now, just I just open the door and scream into the room. Is this the men parts room or the lady parts room? <laughs> right? That's the really old school way to do it. Bantapudu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, the way, um, I want to, like, like, say that the cast members were, were, they were all pretty good and pretty much in character there. You know, everyone um, was um, really, you know, pretending that, you know, they were on another planet, you know, saying that, oh, this costs this much credits. And, um, yeah, you, you had people, t- you had, like, first order people, um, you know, degrading and berating <laughs> the resistance oh people, especially, you know, with, with these somewhat um, tight British accents. <laughs> and oh, then, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, they all have then, evil British accents. Yeah, yeah. And then you had um, nice. resistance guys, you know, like, <laughs> keeping on the low, you know, hiding around. Um, with Brooklyn at- accents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like asking if there are any first order people around, you know. But what I didn't like was that, in regards to the cast members, it was too human. 
there were too many humans. It, it didn't feel too otherworldly for me, which I do not oh. like. There were there was a very lack of aliens there. It was very humanocentric. I'm like, damn, like this is very galactic empire. Like because the galactic empire yeah. is very humanocentric. We're the Twi'leks and stuff. And I'm like, the only otherworldly species I saw was a Wookiee, Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. Oh, and I have an experience with Chewbacca, which is interesting. <laughs> but okay. that's that. Yeah. Not that kind of experience. But <laughs> no, but um. That would be interesting too, though. No, no, no. no. <laughs> not you necessarily, but can, that'd be a cool story. Can I put that on Instagram? <laughs> no, but um. Yeah, it was it was just Chewbacca who was the, the only like non-human there at Galaxy's Edge, and that bugged me because I'm like, yo, why is everyone human here? And, and I especially at Ogus Cantina. I gotta, exactly. I gotta say that that's too. that's what I was about to say. Ogus Cantina is a whole nother disappointment for me, even though I'm grateful I went there for the experience. I'm I'm really appreciative of my cousin who you know reserved a, a spot for us ahead of time. Um, but you know, the experience was worth it. But it was just you know certain things you couldn't help but notice. You know, especially as Star Wars fans, you know, we look for certain things, right? Mm-hmm. We we're looking for that fan service. We're not just those you know other people who just go to watch Star Wars for Star Wars. We're there to actually experience stuff. And um, I was no expecting to see a uh, no. There was blue no. There was. There was, there was but I'm, but I'm just that would be a shame if there wasn't. I was expecting to see when you were showing me the pics of the cantina, your bartender to be an alien. No, you know, and that that would have really sold it right it was, there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and when I said it, I even told you I was like, it's kind of disappointing that a human served you. you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, so okay. So should I start off with August Cantina? Yes, please. Okay. So my cousin uh, RSVP'd for um, for four people to ha- go to Ogus Cantina. So me, her, um, her brother, and her boyfriend, right? But it was it just ended up being me, her, and her boyfriend. Her brother was unable to make it. Um, so it was the three of us who went to Ogus Cantina, and you know, upon entering Ogus Cantina, I feel like I should put a video up, Walt, as I'm talking. Yeah, about go this. go right ahead. Um, yeah, sure. So um, yeah. So Ogus Cantina, we were RSVP to go there on October 16th, and so we went. And um, what you call I'm Excuse me, I'm just trying to synchronize quick. How do I do this, Walt? I Give me, I'll, I'll take care of it. I don't know how to do it. Airplay. Yeah. So. so mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So in regards to Ogus Cantina, I'm I'm just saying this right now for those who are listening. We're gonna watch it, but I'm gonna explain this to them. As I, we entered Ogus Cantina, right? There were a lot of people. There were a lot of guests. And Ogus Cantina, you know, you feel the vibe of being in the cantina and whatnot. But one, there were not many um, local denizens mm-hmm. around. Mm. And like number two, it was really, um, really human-like. So yeah, I got the video up right now. And um, you know, we had you know a droid DJ, a droid DJ up there. Um, I think it's from Resistance. But yeah, we had that. It was a, it was really busy and bustling. And, um, it looks like a place in the Star Wars universe. It, it really does. It's just basically a bar. Right? Yeah, so that was me, my cousin, and her boyfriend there. And, yeah, the bartender, he was just wearing, like, these, these, like, just, like, regular clothing, I guess. Yeah, you know, regular. Like Star Wars standards. <laughs> Star Wars-ish <laughs> stuff, you know. Yeah, but you didn't have any, like, local denizens, as I was mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. that, um, who were, like, approaching you, you know, asking if you you know, want to buy some death sticks or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> there were no aliens approaching. No one who was trying to, like, stir up a conversation with you. And I didn't like that. Or a fight. Yeah, exactly. You're because, in a like, bar. Yeah, did nobody have the, the death penalty on 12 systems? Yeah, like, exactly. Heck, no, because, like, <laughs> at, at a Star Wars canteen, I'm, I'm not just there to, like, feel like I'm at a regular bar back home, you know, and just have a drink and whatnot. I want someone, you know, to, you know... Try to like add that Give Star Wars vibe to it. Give you a story or something, exactly. right? Give you a narrative to w- enjoy. Would you have shot first? <laughs> if I had a weapon on me, <laughs> yeah, sure. 
<laughs> yeah, and in regards to Ogus Cantina, um, I actually have pictures of the menus as well that you know Walt will throw up on the on the Peacock Instagram eventually. Mm-hmm. And um, what I believe it was my my cousin ordered blue milk. So blue milk, it's coconut milk actually, but you know with that 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 uh, that blue coloring and whatnot. I ordered a fuzzy tauntaun. <laughs> um, the f- what a fuzzy tauntaun? As you were. Is a Ciroc peach vodka, um, huh. with sim- yeah, it's a Ciroc peach vodka, pretty much. And um, what else? What else? Yeah, the drinks at Ogus Cantina. You know what was so upsetting about it? Mm-hmm. They're pre-made. Oh, so, so they even make them for you? That's kind of shameful. It, it's stupid. You even see the dispenser. You can't hire a bartender to like put these things together. Just like, like for all I know, I could have exactly. done that myself. Yeah. I I I wanted to see them actually mix the drink. You know. All natural, organically, but that didn't happen. It was like a fountain drink, pretty much. And what do you expect? They were relatively overpriced. Duh. So you know, and you don't even get the good experience out of it. Yeah, twenty dollars a drink. You have to buy at least two drinks. Oh, there's a two drink minimum. Yes, I believe. What is this a comedy bar? Yeah, <laughs> well, it sounds like it's <laughs> another like comedy club. And there's a time limit. You only have like forty five minutes to actually enjoy your stay there. Really? So, so you're yeah. supposed it's to really down time. two drinks in forty five minutes? Something like that. Yeah. So they're trying to get you wasted. There's uh there's the uh Oh you airdropped it to yourself already? No no no. That's uh that's, that's the coming off of oh, your okay, yeah. I guess I just me like thinking about it logistically, I guess it makes sense that they wouldn't have aliens wandering around because imagine how much makeup and everything they'd have to right, put on. That's what I said. But but still, like you can't have at least but one. You can person. do it's you can do minimal it's stuff just because a fall by now. or like a Twi'lek or something. Or, you know? or that even require just some blue paint, some like prosthetic. Or on your even head. the guy that was the second hand man to Lando up in uh, Cloud City in mm-hmm. Bespin. The guy, oh, yeah, that the guy with the, just the, the, the visor, the weird yeah, robot thing s- on his simple head. Simple things like that just kind of changes the the whole dynamic, you know what I'm saying? Or like you maybe the can- full. the cantina band could have been animatronic. Exactly. That's why I would have to give my Ogus Cantina experience a 5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't it wasn't pure authentic. It was it was basically pretty much being at a bar yeah. back home, but in a star with a Star Wars vibe. Like yes. you just could open up in Midtown Manhattan and exactly it would just serve the drinks overpriced. Same thing. So, it's yeah. just the decor. Mm-hmm. Which well, is you not know, really I'm enough I'm still grateful that my fan. cousin was able to get get us the the reservation. Yeah, it's it's still mi- definitely a mild cool experience. Better in, than in regards to what you could what you can um go into in Galaxy's Edge. When it comes to making a reservation, you need to go, in order to go to Ogus Cantina or Savvy's Workshop, which is where you build your own lightsaber, mm-hmm. you need to make a reservation. You can't just walk in there. Mm-hmm. Those are the two places you can't just walk into in Galaxy's Edge. And there's something called the Build-A-Droid Workshop. Okay. Y- you know what Build-A-Bear Workshop is, right? Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. but droids. That sounds interesting. Yeah, so it's pretty it cool. Fun to do like maybe with a date mm-hmm. or something like that. Exactly. Also, and like if I were really, yeah, if I were really into droids, I would have I would have built something there. But I'm just not. But I, I see the the coolness in that experience. But in regards to building your own lightsaber, especially for us uh, huge Star Wars fans, Saber Forge is the way to go, not Savvy's Workshop. Because Savvy's Workshop, I was telling Walt um, before I even went there, that the hilts are already pre-made. So similar to the drinks at Oga is already being pre-made. It's not authentic and you're not designing your own lightsaber from the ground up. You want to custom every part of your lightsaber from the hilt, mm-hmm. you know, to like the chip and whatnot and, ev- and all that. You want your personality in it. Exactly. Saber crystal. You don't want someone to already give you a freaking hilt and say, oh yeah, just... Um, Put a crystal in. Yeah, and you're tweak done. it out a bit. No, that's not authentic. I'm not making a reservation for that you kind of crap. buy that. 
you know. But the whole build a droid thing is cool because they're you get to custom everything from the ground up. Yeah. And you get to change the personality of your droid if you're willing to buy extra personality chips. Okay, so did you make your own saber or not? No, like, I did not. Because that's not the saber no, forge is something else, Sa right? Saber, saber forge is forge. online. Yeah, that's what, okay. That's why yeah, I, yeah. I thought. But no, I never hmm. wanted to go to Savvy's workshop because, and that would have to mean my cousin would have to make an extra reservation for that. I didn't want her to go out of her way for that crap. Oga's was was just and enough. It's probably pretty expensive, also. For oh yeah, that's like what, not that two hundred dollars for the lightsabers. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, in the grand scheme of things, is actually pretty cheap for a lightsaber. But still, um, like the but customization part is what you're there for, right? Yeah. For a little bit more, you can go onto these websites and and create your own hilt, put in your own soundboard. Which costs extra, but it's know. worth it. And and the other thing, and this is probably something I didn't ask, um, those websites, those are dueling, dueling combat sabers, so you can actually smack the crap out of them, mm -hmm. and they're not going to break. I wonder if the one in Galaxy's Edge has that same type of toughness. Or if it's just, or mm -hmm. if it's just kind of like the ones that we can get, right? Kind of like um the black, the black series, mm -hmm. the black. I have a, a Kylo Ren black series lightsaber. Mm -hmm. It cost me about almost the same thing, about two hundred dollars. But I can't, I can't take that and use it in a fight because the the blade will actually break. Mm -hmm. It's it's still relatively it's very fragile. Yeah, or it's something. A, it's 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 or very it's worse. a harder. It's a harder plastic than the one the the lightsabers you can get for like forty bucks in Toys R Us. Well, what worse, used though, to be Toys R Us. Too rigid, like soft plastic. At least has a little bit of give, so you can like, mm -hmm. right. This one, with this one is basically just so you can mount and, and see. So I'm assuming maybe the ones in Galaxy's Edge are very similar to those Black Series lightsabers. Possibly, you know. Possibly, it's a shame. Um, but yeah, that was my um, Oga's experience, and that's Oga's and Savvy's for you in regards to you know going going to. You have to make a reservation ahead of time, mm -hmm. and I already told you about Build a Droid Workshop, which is which is basically Build a Bear Workshop, but for droids. And now going back to the whole food, um, food and beverage thing, because I was talking about you know the drinks earlier at Oga's, how I said it was relatively overpriced. You know, same thing goes for the food. At Docking Bay 7, which is right near the Millennium Falcon, Docking Bay 7 is like the cafeteria or the mess hall mm -hmm. of, of, of Galaxy's Edge. At, at um, Docking Bay 7, my cousin and I, we went there to um, have like our lunch break, and she ordered a Felucian garden salad, which on the left um, side of this picture that I have thrown up on the screen, it's, it looks like a falafel. That's what I, that's what uh, Metatron yeah, said. He was like, really he was like, really wondering if that's falafel. Yeah, that he was like, is falafel? that a falafel? It probably really is, but they call it a Felucian garden salad. It looks and like Dookie with pita bread. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my cousin had, and then what I had was on the right side. It was um, an It was called. <laughs> <laughs> what I had was an Andorian tip yip. It's basically a chicken cutlet on mashed potatoes. Now, <laughs> that's the that's the thing on the right hand side. It's like that's it looks like something you get like at a kid's meal somewhere. Sorry, that looks yeah. sad. Yeah. yeah. So what it is and that, is that was like 40 bucks, right? As as OK as the food was, it the price was very <coughs> overpriced. I mean, for the Indorian tip up alone, I think it was like 15. And the portion was, you know, it was quite small. <laughs> but, you know, what do you expect? This is Galaxy's Edge. This is Disney. They overpriced everything. So maybe, maybe that yeah. was the portion for the Jawas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good though. It, it, it was okay, but it was kind of unappetizing. But yeah. if it was okay, then it was okay. I, it could have been more the portion, but 
Yeah, th- that's that with the food. Now, okay. in regards to what everyone's always hyped about, the freaking Millennium Falcon, I'm I'm low key disappointed in that. So there's, all, the there's only one I'm ride. Right, I'm putting it up right now on the screen. Is there one ride or two rides there? It's just this. Uh, it's just the Millennium Falcon. Really. So there's no there's no other ride that you can be on in Galaxy's Edge except for this. No. Interesting. Do you get to do See, anything? Galaxy's Edge is more known for just being in a Star Wars setting and to mm-hmm. feel like you're in another planet. Yeah. You it know? almost feels like it's unfinished. You know? It really does. And okay, in regards to my name Falcon, I just yes. wanna like explain the, the whole the whole um experience for us mm-hmm. here. So n- this is not this is not a, a huge a huge ride where tons of people are on, right? It's a small group that gets to go on it, right? Yes, it's a group of max six people. Okay. Now, the thing is that you don't get to choose your role on the Falcon. You're assigned a role. Which sucks, but okay. You could trade roles with other people, but that's, you know, if y'all really want to. So I don't do trades. It was it was and yeah, it was me, my cousin and her boyfriend and these two kids and their father, right? I believe the two kids were were the pilots. And and the father and my cousin were the gunners, and I and you know my my cousin's boyfriend were the engineers. So we're the guys fixing you know all the damage. We're repairing all the damage. The, as soon as which, we entered the Falcon, which you said there was many, there yes. was a lot, right? So you need a lot of hydro spanners and all of that. I was somewhat disappointed from the get go, right? Because as soon as we enter, first of all, it's not even the Falcon you're entering. It's like the void. You know, it's you're you're entering like a room that feels like you're in the Falcon. You're entering the cockpit, mm, right? Okay. Now, yeah. I had a problem with all six people being in the cockpit because that's not the way it's supposed to be. You know, especially with the gunners. The gunners are supposed to climb up or down a ladder, right? Mm-hmm. Up, up or down a ladder on the Falcon to man yeah. the guns. That's what I was expecting, but no, the gunners were in the cockpit as well. All of us were, and all they were doing, all we were all doing, was just pressing buttons. Like whatever button lights up, you got to tap it. And, and whatnot. So it's like Simon. It's it's pretty it's much that. Guy. And then the engineers, we were just tapping buttons to repair all the damage that the Falcon was um, you know, inflicting. And, and so how did the flight start with the two kids in the pilot seat? As soon as we took off and got you know got out of hyperspace, we like pretty much bumped into like two star destroyers, <laughs> and. They, it, that was an easily avoidable situation, and we were taking um, unnecessary fire from all these Tie Fighters everywhere. So, is there a point where you can mutiny? They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should have taken those kids out. They're like, "Hey, Dad, come I mean, I'll, how I'll big was the killed. how big was the father? Could you have taken him?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I you know, these kids are Disney, and I didn't want to ruin the experience for them. Yeah, this is something they're going to remember for, for the rest of their lives. And, Listen, and if that involves crashing, then I guess so be it. They're crashing the Millennium Falcon messed up you need to rectify that situation very quickly <laughs> it just kind of hurts to hear about it man because i'm thinking even if they gave you like a little separate room and gave you like a headset or something like if you're the gunner and you had to communicate people over that like that that sounds way cooler and if you're an engineer like and as the engineers i was if thinking anything give you some areas to right, go to to find different problems right shouldn't we have been like beckett and so like we should be like at the back of the falcon Right, like fixing stuff yeah. and whatnot. I, I'm the, not supposed to be in the cockpit. The, the, the only two people are supposed to be in the cockpit are the pilots. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The place where in in what was it? Uh, Star Wars. That's where R2D2 
press the thing to get to activate the hyperdrive. Yeah. Uh, you know? yeah. And so giving you that back. little bay there. Or that, like hang out that little something. place where um, BB-8 gave Finn the middle finger, you know? <laughs> yeah. Th- that should have been the place where you guys were hanging out. You should have been, w- instead of being in front of a computer, walking around, you know, trying to fix other things. At the very least, like, to give you a facsimile... Whoa. Uh, (laughs) Apple is pissed. It's screaming at us. That's the new update? Wow. Okay, but anyways... We were talking about that before, right? To give you a reasonable facsimile of the Millennium Falcon would be, like, half the joy of it if they gave you an actual replica to jump into. And I understand they could redesign it because you don't want people climbing up and down ladders necessarily for safety reasons, insurance reasons. But still, like, a little room that they can go into. You just open a door... And that's where the gun. You, know, you just you could change the layout a little bit, but at least make it something like what it is in the movie. Mm-hmm. That would make it way more enjoyable to the point where even like some of the VR experience, you wouldn't even care that much because you could just walk around the freaking Millennium Falcon. And I gotta say, the duration of the Falcon experience was quite disappointing as well because Walt mentioned earlier that um, the Avengers um, experience at the Void was like what eighteen to twenty minutes. Yeah, eighteen is that, minutes. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. And then Secrets of the Empire, it was like a good fifteen minutes. And then the Falcon experience was. No, not five. It was maybe may, maybe like seven to ten minutes. That's not much better. I know, but yeah, that's not great. Like to be somewhat accurate, yeah, it was it was relatively short. And to think of the wait time for that, I mean, th- we had an estimated wait time of fifty-five minutes online. Oh, but we were able wow. to go earlier than that. We made it to like half an hour, but still, I don't want to wait half an hour for like a seven to ten minute. Yeah, it's right? very you know, underwhelming. Like, exactly. I sort of understand because so, again, like how many people are you gonna have waiting forever to get on the ride? Yeah, that was you know, you know, it's fifteen minutes, but still, it's I don't know, build a couple of them. That was relatively disappointing, and especially that was relatively disappointing, especially since the, Mil- the Millennium Falcon. That's like the only ride there at Galaxy's Edge, so you know we had to deal with that. And um, what else? So you remember how I told you earlier that Galaxy's Edge, the Black Spire Outpost, is divided into three. Sections: the resistance, first order, and, and the neutral area. And the neutral right? area. Yeah. The neutral area. I believe I already said it earlier. Was my favorite uh, spot, which was the marketplace, right? And I'm throwing a picture up on the screen of me at the marketplace. Um, it was a very lively, busy area, and I actually have a quick vi- uh, video here as well of, you know, the walking around the marketplace, and it was really, really beautiful. Look at that. I mean, look how lively that is. That's the middle of Black Spire Outpost. And it's it's just amazing. You have all the shops, and um, shops and small cafes there. You have hidden bathrooms <laughs> there that you had to discover on your own. And yeah, it was it was it was just absolutely it was absolutely nice. Smaller than expected, but still nice. Would you say this is your favorite part of the experience? Yes. Black Spire output. I mean, the the marketplace for sure. I gotta say, it's pretty cool, but it still sounds so underwhelming. Mm-hmm. I don't you know, know if that's how you felt in general, mm-hmm. but yeah. You know what I think they should do? This would be the ultimate VR experience. Mm-hmm. Picture this: you're on the Rebellion base of Hoth. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You and one other person, and only one other person, have to jump into a snow speeder. That's nice. And then... Because that vehicle is only for two people anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And then it is both of your jobs to get in that damn snowspeeder and take down a couple of that ads. 
That's nice. So like you have one as the pilot and the other manning the tow cable, right? There are so many other great experiences. Like I totally agree with that. You see you hear that, Disney? That's how you do VR. I'm just saying, like (laughs) as always, like logistically, you gotta think about how you can have that many people waiting in line for a two person ride. You would have to build more than one. Like Mm -hmm. there's it's a snow speeder, so you can do it. There's so much you could have more than one. Exactly. You could have like little fleet of snow speeders or have like a VR headset. You guys you guys remember how I told you that um Chewbacca was the only non human cast member there at Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a whole... um. You had an emotional experience with him, didn't yes, you? Yes, and it was totally unexpected. So I'm going to say this first. So my cousin got me a name tag, right? That Those says rookies. Aaron. That says Aaron in, Ar- in Arabish. But it says Stormtrooper Executioner. Oh. Now, you remember I told you nice. how, Galaxy's, how Galaxy's Edge is divided into three sections? I was on the resistance side of Galaxy's oh. <laughs> Chewbacca saw me, right? He oh. saw my name tag. It said Stormtrooper Executioner and Aaron in Arabish. So this is what happened. He took me. I, I threw a video on for the screen for y'all who who may not see it. Um, but I will put it on the Walt, website. Walt will, will put, put it on, on the Peacock Instagram. Yes. That Chewbacca. Be quite aggressive. <laughs> Chewbacca, um, you know, singled me out of a certain number of people, and he um walked me over. I don't even know where the hell I was going. He walked me over <laughs> to the neutral side of Galaxy's Edge. So I love the peace sign. I was wondering what the hell he, what um was going on, right? Apparently he was deporting me, so to speak. <laughs> he was kicking oh, me no. out of the resistance side because escorted out of the park. Exactly. Let's just say that. Wow. <laughs> That's immersive. Yeah. Ouch. Because I was in the wrong area since my You gotta show him what he's about to do now. Alright, so right here. That this is how I found out. There's a line on the ground that divides that's like a small crack that <laughs> that divides um, the resistance side and the neutral side. It's the boundary line, right? Exactly. So I was obviously on the wrong side of that line. So he, he pointed that out very aggressively, um, basically saying, this is the line you do not cross. Right. I wonder now, what happens if I did. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's still there. He, he did not think, off. do you right. defy the Wookiee? <laughs> I did not defy. Let the Wookiee win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. Saying. And I had, I'm glad my cu- my I had my cousin recording that the whole time. I didn't even expect any of that. So is that, that Wookiee abuse? Right. Yeah. You did not think you were very fine people on both sides. No. That, <laughs> could, that could have gone very, very wrong. You're bringing very, crime. Very, very quickly. Yeah. You're bringing drugs. Some of them are very fine people. It was nice, not, though. Not the stormtrooper. <laughs> So yeah, my cousin recorded that whole oh altercation, what would <laughs> and I ended up like throwing some music in there too, <laughs> just to match what was going on. And then um, there was a whole other thing at Docking Base Seven too. Oh. Yeah, um, there were these stormtroopers who were talking to what, like the concierge, so to speak, outside Docking Base Seven, outside the you know where people eat, and uh, they, they were just like one like trying to like, interrogate interrogate her like what the hell's going on, what is she doing <laughs> and whatnot, who does she work for. And um, I recorded that, and then, you know, I had my cousin um, record me force opening the door going in, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> and we're looking at it now. Yeah. Oh, and he was so, th- so this stormtrooper was saying that they have orders to redeploy to where I do not know. <laughs> and then this other stormtrooper, his partner. <laughs> we're redeploying to the other side of yeah. this park. Yeah, this other one was just, like, trying to, like, get some information out of a, you know, certain person and yeah that just happened and i just force open the door to get inside <laughs> that's style just like baby. a boss and then you see like this one guy inside like what the hell just happened and then another woman you know coming up like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh God! Well, well it looks like at least it was fun, even if it was a little underwhelming. You made the best of it. It was, least. and then you know we saw um, a whole first order dramatization going on, you know, with Kylo Ren and his troopers. Yeah. It's supposed to like the the thing they used to have that using uh, Darth Vader, so now I, I think they've uh, they've gone multi generational, right? They have. They have. You know. And, um, you know, I did not leave Galaxy's Edge empty-handed, right? I came there with a set budget of, what was it, like 200 to $250, or excuse me, credits. And, um, you know, I went to Galaxy's Edge for myself. I bought two souvenirs. I bought this hoodie that I am wearing. It says Black Spire Outpost. It's a dope hoodie. Yeah, I got it at the marketplace um, because I didn't want to get anything resistance or first order related because I'm not a fan of either factions. So I got this hoodie for myself. And then at Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities, that's a place that sells a lot of collectibles, I also got myself a second souvenir, a Sith holocron. Ooh. Right? And then I asked um, one of my friends ahead of time if he was, a, he was more light side or dark side based. I'm surprised he said he was more light side based. Usually pe people I um, talk to, they're more dark side based. So for him, I got him a Jedi holocron. So that's two holocrons. And then... For Walt over here, I um got um a mall of Darth Maul. I, a mall. <laughs> I got him a bust of Darth Maul. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And I already did all my research ahead of time because I wanted to know what I would be buying at Galaxy's Edge before I even got there, so I could set a budget. And I already saw that Darth Maul bust, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get that for him. I I know that's what he would. Want. So let's be for real. That was the best thing you bought over there, right? <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm no, just yes. Saying, yeah, that, that was it. That's better than this I, and the Sith Holocron combined. I know I am like the ultimate Darth Maul, Maul yes. fan, right? But I'm, you know, taking myself out of that, just looking at it, it, it's just there's nothing that can compete with it, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, you know what? I can't go there and not get that because I know he, that's, that's what you'd like. You know, so and, that and was that. I, either like, way, that's still just the best thing that was in Galaxy's Edge. So, you know, <laughs> it's not even that, out that, of the, that's debatable. I was going to say it's not even out of the box yet. So you're not entirely sure. I don't. I actually don't like. even need to open up the box. Um, it might look like uh, Dr. Manhattan's messed up kid. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I got a pork the, mug. The fact that it says mall. That's it, right? That's all that that's all we need to know. It's a cool picture and, um, on the I box. I got a porg mug at Oga's for the rest of my family. Okay, I'm sorry. That is now the best part. The, <laughs> the best <porg> present. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, But yeah, you know, Galaxy's Edge it was it, it was nice. It, it was nice, especially at nighttime, you know, um just to see all the lights and just how how nightlife was like in um in another in another Galaxy far far away. Exactly. <laughs> A long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, but, you know, all in all, you know, it's... Galaxy's Edge is a small place that still needs a lot of working on. And um, don't... As a big Star Wars fan, don't go there with a lot of expectations because <laughs> you're not really going to see as much as you're expecting. You're not going to see... You're not going to see aliens, unfortunately. You're not going to see other species. You're not going to see um, the Millennium Falcon inside for what it is. You're not gonna get that full authentic um, Falcon experience. You, you're gonna go to Oga's. You're not gonna get really fresh drinks. They're all pre-made. You could go ahead to Savvy's workshop and try to build your own lightsaber, but that's not totally custom for you. You're not building that from the ground up. And yeah, I would say overall this experience was like a good seven out of ten. That's okay. not too bad, all things considered. No, no, no. 
But it, it does seem ultimately disappointing. If you but go in there with the right set of expectations, maybe, less so. Maybe yeah, what because it I, is, didn't, I didn't walk out with a big smile on my face. Okay. Well, m- maybe what it is is this is something that's um, their foundation and they build off of it. When did this open? It's just a couple of months so yeah, far, Yeah, it's right? only been a couple of months. Yeah. So like I said, maybe maybe this is the foundation. Maybe they, they work on it. They add more experiences. They add more aliens. Although... It being in California and the other one being in Florida, damn it! If I I would be one of those cast members that have to wear all that makeup and stuff. You That's know what I'm saying. saying. Especially it's too a Zabrak. Hot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I too can see work. why why they don't do it because that is a lot. First it's of all, it's animatronics. Though. Yeah, but still, yeah, exactly. Creatures. No, but yeah. sti- but still, like you not, like you not said, humanoid creatures. But when creatures. when he was in the cantina. Do the, the do the the what, what's that guy's name? I forgot what his name was. The the blue guy. Oh, it's on Grito? the tip of my tongue. Huh? No, no, Grito? no. No, no, no. The guy, the guy that plays the the thing. Damn it, oh. it's on the tip of my tongue. It's, it starts with a B or something. Tebow or something like that. Yeah, yeah I think that's what it is. Something like that. What, whatever. Yeah. Max Tebow. Max Tebow. Yeah, there you yeah. go. You could have had. You could have had, like you said, animatronics. Disney is famous for that stuff. The stuff that they have in the Pirates of yeah, the yeah, Caribbean that's, ride. That's what I disagree they with. Like, they could have done all if, that If stuff. they were going to open like a certain Max, theme Max park. Max Rebo. Max Rebo. Okay. Max Rebo. See, close go. enough. Mm-hmm. If you're going to open up like a certain theme park Super or close. an Epcot, you might as well go all the way with it. Right, exactly. Why, why be half-assed with it? Why like have only humans? Exactly. It's Disney. This is like your biggest. Go all the way, Pretty man. much your biggest property. They have a new ride coming out in January. Oh, I think it's called Rise of the Resistance or something like that. Yes. And um, that's So that's the second one that I was thinking of because I remember there was two. That opens in January. Well. Okay, so that hasn't opened yet. No, okay. It's officially still one. And um, That's a go- little Galaxy- underwhelming. Galaxy's Edge, going to Galaxy's Edge, it's the economical Star Wars experience, meaning that you could go in there for free. You, you don't have to pay extra on top of your Disneyland ticket, right? But um, the, extravagant, the extravagant experience is what Walt um, uh, mentioned to me before, mentioned to all of us before, was the hotel experience. Yeah. Right? <coughs> Which I believe has not opened yet at Disneyland, but um, b- pretty much it's, you know, you stay a couple night, a night or two, right? And it's very Star Wars themed. You stay in you know Star Wars themed room. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think you're on a galactic star cruise or something like that. The the hotel is actually built to look like a, a galactic star cruiser. And you're in space. And right? so all the windows are are basically just TVs showing the vastness of space. You don't have an outside view of Correct. anything. Um, and what what did we say it was seven seventy five hundred for two nights. Three nights? That's extravagant. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it can max out to, I huge believe, fan for that. I believe it max out at 11,000 a stay, um, depending on how many people are there, you know. Yeah. So, um, but the experience is supposed to be super awesome because everybody's in character mm-hmm. and you get your own costumes. Yeah. Ultimately, you know, so. for ultimately the MVP of this whole experience is my cousin because you know she got me into Disneyland, you know, you know, without spending a cent, and because she used to work there and just showing me around Disneyland overall. Aside from Galaxy's Edge, you know, all of this is because of her. So I really thank her for that. Uh, made my whole trip there worth it. And uh, yeah, Cali 2019 was awesome. Sounds pretty amazing. Awesome. Pretty amazing. All right, so we're gonna wrap this super high density. Packed, mega, gigantic, super duper, really big. Yes, we need to cut this into like twenty pieces episode. Christian. Yeah, well, you know, I think we spent a lot of time on that too, right? Huh? 
Yeah, we spent a lot of time on a lot of things, but that was a really great story, and I want to thank ASAP for telling us all about his experience because yeah. it gave us a much better idea of what can, we can expect if we go there. Yep. So thank you, ASAP. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you did enjoy it for the most part. Mm-hmm. So let's let's kick out of here. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening in. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it was long, and I'm going to put timestamps in the description so you guys can take a look and see where each topic starts but um anyway this is the end of this episode of pop culture over pizza i'd like to thank everybody here at this table for joining us today my name is walt guys head us out this is metatron happy teleporting around this uh episode i have wings so i'd know all hail morgoth long live sauron balrog out this is Jose, and as always, it was great joining all y'all. Peace out to y'all, denizens of the internet. This is Elias. Always have that god drip. Woohoo! Later. I almost missed.